To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America with the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. to Top Shelf Disney Animation Studios Library, the final episode, the final yes. dramatic conclusion and also no, of this podcast. Yes. And what? <laughs> I said yes, but no. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> and yes. Sadly, kind of, and is, but isn't, and is, but will be, but maybe not. The mm-hmm. episode that you've all been waiting for, our final recap episode. I am Jeff. Mm-hmm. Here every single, almost every single. I, I actually said almost uh, almost every single weekend or single episode because that's true. Because I've only missed like three. TC, the yes, man over there. I'm the other one. Let me stop other... mumbling. <laughs> TC is the other one who has been here for every single episode it's of this true. podcast. I, I outrank you at this point. Uh, you do, which is just... weird because I started this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, I outrank you in terms of the Disney Animation Studios Library, the 56 movies we've discussed. Uh, if in case someone clicked on this as their first episode, but in terms of top shelf as a podcast, (laughs) don't listen to this episode first, everybody. If this is your first episode, stop right now. Don't watch the finale before you watch the series. Get out of here. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I mean, unless you are are you those one. Come over here. Come come here. Come here. here. Now get out of here. Yeah, yeah, get back out of here. (laughs) Unless you're one of those types of people that like get a brand new book and read the last page so that way in case you die. This is from a movie. I can't Mm -hmm. remember what movie it's from, but the whole like reading the last page of the book just so that way in case you die while you're in the middle of reading it, you know how it turns out. I That is from a movie, and I cannot think of what it is right now. And Our loyal w- listeners, we've... please leave it in the comments what movie that is. I wish I could remember what it is. <laughs> if it comes to me over I, the mix oh, of this next... What? Oh, it's, got when it? Harry met, it's when Harry met Sally. There we That's go. That's what it is. Thank you. Okay, thank you, everybody. I read the comments in the future, yeah, and wh- I came back in time thank to you. leave this comment right here. So now future <laughs> Jeff will go away. Bye, everybody. Woo! Well, in terms of of top shelf in general, you and Lindsay still outrank me. I'm just I, I, that I, is true. I would I I probably <laughs> outrank Colin at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so, in our hierarchy of rankings for the top shelf podcast yeah. uh, network, it's currently it's probably it's Lindsay, and then it's me missing only about like two episodes, and then it's uh, me. Well, actually, no. It, it, then yeah, then it would be you. Actually, it might be me first because I think we've done more than Lindsay. Oh, I am number one. Lindsay, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> We're number one. Right one. <laughs> We're number Wow, this got off onto a re- horrible, well, horrible tangent. Okay, but... <laughs> let's let's reel it back in over here. So this let's is our, this in. is it. This is our last episode. We've we've reviewed our last film in the Disney Library, the Animation Library. Yes. So we went from Snow White to Moana. And what we're going to do today 56 is... 56 movies. Yeah, yeah. And what we're going to do today is just uh, discuss the cast as a whole. You guys have inundated us with some fantastic questions. And I don't know if we'll get to all these, but I sent Jeff the... There's like 50. <laughs> there's 50 questions <laughs> or comments or thoughts or something. Yeah. And I read I read through them all and I have... I have answers for the majority of them, but uh, obviously we might, like I said, we're we're not going to let this episode be a real long, drawn-out episode, mostly because 
there isn't a movie true, <laughs> that we're true. talking we're, about. We're, we're going to still have some fun because there's some some last things we need to do here. So uh, what yes. we've done, uh, for those of you who might not exactly know what's happening here, we've watched all 56 movies in chunks of 10 and asterisk six, and we have ranked them one through ten, asterisk six. Yes. And we're gonna we have taken all our number ones and put them in a collection, and we have four wild cards. So any four movies yes. we want to choose from specifically this library, Jeff actually asked me. It's just this library, the wild cards, right? Like, what were you gonna throw in there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was just gonna start filling in the other uh, it's, four. Uh, movies so it's uh, Beauty and the Beast, um, Moana, and The Dark Knight. <laughs> The Dark Knight is that cool? I feel like that completely just encapsulates yeah. the Disney podcast. Uh, <laughs> so, so we were you guys not here for the Dark Knight episode? I, I did that episode by myself. Actually, that was we've that's uh, own thing. We've taken what we've now had. We will have our, at least at this point in time in our lives and of this recording, our ten favorite Disney animated studio movies. And what'll yep. be great is I don't know what four you picked, and I don't know what four I like. You don't know what four I picked. I don't know what four I picked. Yes, I do. I, <laughs> That's how secretive we are on this episode, so guys. TC I, <laughs> and I do not know what we picked. <laughs> so I, when we get to that point, we'll get to it in a little bit. Uh, I yep. wonder what your four, four wild cards are going to be, and and it's very interesting because this like we've we've discussed it in the past, and we've had very similar. Well, for the most part, very yeah. similarly ranked lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've generally for for each of the ten, we've we've maybe had a different number one, but then a couple of them, like two through five, might fall in the same place, or we'll have the same top couple of films, and then there'll be like one in the middle that just threw everybody like through your ranking off from mine because right. we flip flopped movies. <laughs> but yeah, I come. I really, I agree. This is going to be interesting. I mean, obviously we're going off of our number ones because mm-hmm. yes. um, we were taking our number ones. So we had six number ones, but it's still the order of those number ones are going to be fascinating mm-hmm. to me because it's not necessarily in any particular order. You know, we're not, we're now it was Pinocchio's not number one. Well, maybe it is. <laughs> or maybe we it is. We don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> or maybe it is. You don't know. But it doesn't have to be number one. It yeah. can be anywhere on the list. And that's what I'm, I am very excited to I'm see. Excited, I'm excited our, to see what you have. All our, our number ones weren't all the same. So then there'll Correct. be the variety of those. And then the four extra ones I'm, I'm, forward to seeing but you know what this is this is a perfect segue into one of our one of our first questions here if you don't mind me jumping right into that let's do it guys since, since we are, are discussing what we've just done here so we got a couple of tweets one was from uh four tweets and Dyna guy 89 they ha- asked a variation of what was your favorite block of podcast uh, in the podcast and what was your favorite era in the podcast so yeah <sighs> Jump, jumping right in here. <laughs> Let's jump in. You know, this was hard. I, I read this question and I I had to go back and I had to look at the blocks again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Because um, <laughs> that was, I mean, it's only 56 movies, but it's it's a year and a half and I couldn't remember what movies fell into what blocks. Mm-hmm. And I looked at them and I, I looked at my ranking of, of the films and I kind of just, I kind of thought about it, went back and forth. And honestly, I came down to my favorite block being... Um, number thirty through thirty-nine, which would have been the which would have started with Beauty and the Beast and okay. would have gone through to Dinosaur. Right, so, so that the, decade, basically the nineties, rena- yeah, essentially the Renaissance, <laughs> right? And and the reason why, I mean, 
it had nothing to do with the fact that it started with Beauty and the Beast and, you know, it has Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and Lion King in it. It has nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. It was mostly because it was this fascinating watch of Disney hitting its, like, probably easily one of its biggest heydays with the Renaissance. If not and then the watching heyday, it, yeah. Exactly. And then watching it slowly kind of peter out with each film after that <laughs> it was it's fascinating to watch just how it starts to kind of mm-hmm. tank maybe and 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 seeing disney trying to throw out ideas and let's change this and let's let's get rid of this and let's do something different that's not working let's go back to this that's not working either and just watching them kind of basically it was like watching a, a ship sink is kind of <laughs> what it was and and i felt like i had the most fun in that era because there were movies that i loved to death there were movies that i I'd never seen before and I really do enjoy now mm-hmm. and there were just movies that I, I can't believe that got made you know yeah. that 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 decade or those third those 10 films were, was probably my best and it's I I'll, honestly I have to say that's my probably my favorite era as well as well okay so, so it's kind the, of the answers for both yeah uh, um, so which which round was that was that round three or round four I think that was round three. I should have had our actual lists up. Well, you you bring it up because I'm going to answer the same question (laughs) almost similarly. Go ahead, TC. uh, My I picked the second Dark Age as my favorite era of this podcast. This favorite, not not my favorite era in terms of the movies I love, but it was really it was much like you were saying, watching the the dip in quality, and (laughs) I believe I have it marked as round four, but it was. Yes, okay, and I apologize, guys. Beauty and the Beast is not part of this round. I forgot 30 would have been the end of, yeah. of round three. Okay, so, so you, this would have been... Round four. It would have been, it would have been round four, okay. which, would have been Lion, which would have been Aladdin through Emperor's New Groove. Yep. And which is, that's what I thought when I was writing my original... My, I wrote my, down some answers to this, mm-hmm. just jotted down some thoughts so I didn't forget everything. <laughs> and I thought that was the case, that it was that era where you watch Disney be really good, kind of tank to a bottom, and then all of a sudden Emperor's New Groove ends it. Yeah. <laughs> As this like fantastic film. Sorry, I did not mean to interrupt you, no, GC. No, that's right. I realized I, I was wrong. To, go ahead. To go from Tangled to Home on the Range in a in a, in a block of movies, it was quite the journey. <laughs> but it, what I liked about not the bottom of the barrel, but that that sci-fi trilogy of movies that that's uh, yeah. Lilo and Stitch and Treasure Planet and Atlantis and that era of movies, it was a lot. It was very interesting to watch it because it was fresher in my mind than the original Dark Age, which I'd have very little nostalgia for necessarily. But to to watch them in order, to watch the quality go, much like you said, Jeff, to watch that journey was pretty neat. And <laughs> and there were some there were some surprises in there uh, that I was that I, that I had a good time watching. So yeah. So as far as the era and the, it looks like we have similar feelings about what was there not and i think i'm speaking for jeff as well not our favorite movies exactly but just right the most interesting section to watch so yeah that's uh yep. so thank you for your your tweets there uh Dina guy and uh, four tweets yeah that was a great question and that's one of those questions where like i didn't I, I had to sit and think about it because I try to remember like how much fun I had watching the movies, how much fun we had discussing mm-hmm. the films. It's kind of, it was kind of hard to, you know, yeah, <laughs> kind of figure out an answer to some of those. <laughs> uh, well, well, do you, why don't you pick a question now of, of our, of our many that we have to choose from that if, and oh man, okay, well. and that's tough. You know, that's honestly, that's, that was the toughest part about it. Um, I think, I think the one that I, I like, we have a, a handful of, uh, of, of kind of just real quick, not real quick, but um, uh, quick like 
faves like your favorite oh, sure, sure. Bestest, yeah, like stuff it. like that um i feel like maybe we could do, I, maybe i might just knock out like a couple of those sure because those it. would be kind of easy to do um i have to <laughs> i'm gonna have to ask this one um favorite tropes or trends favorite tro- uh, <laughs> well i'm uh, just gonna go ahead and answer this one okay you, you want to go ahead first yeah go yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Go, uh, go. dead parents is um no i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, no, TC no. loves the dead parents. No, That's his God, obviously not. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like the sure. my favorite trope would be the animal sidekick. Um, okay, that uh, having that having uh, that undying loyalty and a small little friend that that is exactly what people think they have with their cats and dogs, right? <laughs> like people, people, yep. say, but. You know, your cat would eat you if you dropped dead, and your dog would <laughs> run away to the first person who had a steak. <laughs> it's a very different Disney movie in real yeah. life uh, compared to. <laughs> uh, but the, the 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 animal sidekick give, giving giving them complete sentience, like my cats, I give them complete sentience. I have full conversations with the cats in this house because they have personalities; they just don't have any way to vocalize them. So, yeah, the the animal sidekick trope is is my favorite. <laughs> well, I uh, where where you didn't want to go dark and sad, I went dark and sad, and I said my the villain falling to their death is easily <laughs> my favorite trope. I can't help it. There is something, there's something just cinematic about that, and I don't know if it's because I was brainwashed by Die Hard at a young age or what it was, <laughs> but I really do enjoy. I like that trope. I know it's silly. Well, I know it's it, stupid, and you can see it coming. You know, <laughs> about like hey, two minutes. Sometimes out, like, you think well, you're seeing it coming, and then it doesn't happen. So that's true. And then the villain falls to the ne- their death, but their neck snaps before they hit the ground. So technically, oh, they didn't fall geez. to their death. They hung themselves before they died. <laughs> the the falling to the death trope is. It, though it is a trope, though it is a cliche, and that people will point their finger at Disney specifically, it is a pretty solid way to kill somebody in a family film, right? It, the, exactly. Yep. It's a, essentially an off-screen death left to assumption. Uh, <laughs> because, and there's more than those, because like Scar is killed and eaten alive by those those hyenas. That's an implied yes. off-screen. A kid will be like, something bad just happened, but it's later in life where you go, oh, dang. (laughs) (laughs) It happens a lot. But what's nice about it, yeah, I do like that it's something that can happen off screen. So that's kind of how you you get a a concrete answer is, yes, the villain is dead, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to see, like, blood and guts. They don't have to see, like, them being shot or stabbed right, or right. bleed out or anything. It's perfect. It's, it's kind of nice. It's <laughs> okay. it's a perfect way of doing it. <laughs> uh, all right. So you said you had a couple more. Jump jump at uh, some best. Yeah. Let's here. keep going. Yeah. Uh, best princess DC. Oh. Go. Okay. Best princess. Best princess. Okay. So. Hmm. What was what does one base their decision upon? Okay. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, <laughs> some of these were hard questions, guys. The the best for <laughs> their gals. kingdom. Which was pointed out very eloquently for last week is Moana. Moana is the best in taking care of her people. There's no other princess mm-hmm. we've seen before her that puts her people first. It's very selfless what she does. So yeah, she's she's the best leader, I suppose. The best in a relationship. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Tiana because okay. she's very motivated and she's also very encouraging. I think that she had there's there's such good qualities about Tiana that would make her I I know she's not technically a princess but she is in the end um, but just thinking in the heroines uh, of the heroines um, best personality would be Belle 
because mm-hmm. she's got the intellect and she's got the 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 longing. I know I'm not really narrowing down here. I'm just kind of <laughs> riffing here. Uh, oh, you know what? Uh, the hottest princess would be most of these young ladies are very underage, so I'm going to refrain from answering it. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question, Jeff, who the hottest princess is. <laughs> well, it, well, that it's, was my next question, well, so I okay, guess we will that If, if you're going to twist my arm, obviously it's Nala. Now, as far as <laughs> the best... <laughs> the lion? <laughs> Wait, is that right? Is that the one you're listening to? Yeah, that's, that's the one I'm not. Yes, okay. Oh, my. Uh, oh, my. There we go. Jeff, who's your best? What do you call best princess? <laughs> it's okay. In all fairness, this is a very tough question because, yes, you see, you were doing it correct. You were going, well, best princess is in how, you know? Um, I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to pre guess what my answer is, but you're all wrong. Yeah, oh. Um, well, I, have, I, have, I have a coin toss here of which one I'm going to think you're going to say. But go right ahead, Jeff. Uh, I love that you have it narrowed down to two. <laughs> um, well, actually, I see, and I thought about it, and I was originally thinking Jasmine because I liked Jasmine. Oh, I liked right, that yeah. she was kind of strong and independent and didn't want to be taken. You know, she wasn't going to be, like she says in the movie, a prize to be won. Mm-hmm, she wasn't mm-hmm. going to just go into that. Um, but at the end of the day, she unfortunately still needed Aladdin to save her. Right. She couldn't save herself. So that kind of leaned me away from it, but that got me thinking about who I really would have wanted, which would be, which I think is Rapunzel. I was really leaning towards Rapunzel as well, but in yep. in thinking as maturely as possible, I'm like, well, she has been trapped in a tower. She's a little naive to the ways of the world. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean and that you, would be the one downfall. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to like <laughs> kibosh your choice because Rapunzel is cute <laughs> as hell. Uh, she's no now and I feel like she can kind of defend <laughs> she's also human TC <laughs> well let me ask one more question in my section I'll let you get back I'll let you find one TC mm-hmm. um, I like this one because um, <laughs> we have to do this All I right. have to ask this question TC what was your favorite episode to record oh, you just, oh my favorite episode to record um I knew what mine was. <laughs> what was your? Well, I, I no, home no, on the range. Either. Home on the range was the. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that no, was mine. Okay, the ones where we actually got to film to or record together were well, the ones that we right. did in person. Those were the Sword in the Stone, uh, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, and those Res- were fun. Rescuers down under. Rescuers down under. That's right, because yeah. it was a couple weeks in a row there, yeah, wasn't that, it? That chunk uh, of film, just to be in the same room with you, was great. We've certainly over the course of these films, I. I have not gone and back and listened to our early episodes, but I'd like to think our our digital rapport has been pretty solid. But there was something special about being in the same room with you. That being said, those are aside, Home on the Range was the most fun to record because <laughs> was the most fun. Yep. It, it wasn't just that we hated the movie, but we I feel we so eloquently explained why we hate that movie. <laughs> yes. And that's why that's why that episode in my head was perfect. Mm-hmm. I loved the I love I loved all the farm puns we came up Duck. with on the spot, not scripted, <laughs> not scripted guys. Yeah, yeah. Totally ad-libbed, because uh, we really don't script much of this. Mm-hmm. This episode is probably the most scripted, with having like some answers written. Yeah, down we, we ahead didn't of time. we didn't want to like <laughs> sit here hemming and hawing over some of our answers. So. But yeah, <laughs> right. we just. Uh, that episode oh, was so gosh. much fun. To that was just the most fun to record because yeah. it was so entertaining. I don't think I had. I mean, I don't think I laughed as hard during one of these episodes <laughs> as much as I did during that one because it was just, oh, it's so bad, but it's so great. I love it. Yeah. Well, well, so. uh, I'll flip that around on you. What was your worst right. episode? What do you think was the worst episode to record? 
<laughs> it was hard, okay? Because I thought about this, and, and, and just like where Home on the Range was the most fun to record, mm-hmm. I did not... I was not looking forward to recording the Jungle Book episode Man, I, at all. I don't get your... I do not get it. I don't well, no, get it. And you, and you know what, TC? It's okay, because we have a question later on that asks why I hate the Jungle Book okay, so much. Okay. And I had to think about it, too. All right, so well, I want to group... I want to Actually, I, I kind of want to group that in. Just, go ahead. Just, go ahead. Well, just real quick. Who Because uh, Benji Toes, okay. uh, at Benji Toes, was the one that asked, what's the what's my damage with the Jungle Book? <laughs> And I, I, I sat and I thought long and hard about it. I almost went back to the episode to listen to what I had said then, but I, I didn't. I didn't have enough time to. Mm-hmm. So I sat and I thought about it. And really, I have just, there's something about that movie to me. And I'm well aware. Sorry, I have a piece of hair in my mouth. <laughs> I'm well aware. <laughs> that's, no, that's my hair. That's all that matters. Um, I'm well aware it's a loved movie. And I'm not crapping on the movie at all but just in my eyes i've never liked mowgli as a character (laughs) the villain doesn't really come across as as how i wish the villain was Mm -hmm. he didn't really feel like a threat to me and it just nothing in the movie to me seemed like it had a real strong driving force it just kind of feels like Here's just a kind of a tale we're telling. Okay, okay, fine. Like there was no like <laughs> it, there was no energy to it uh-huh. for me. Though I'm well aware, apparently I'm one of the four people in the world that see it like that, <laughs> and everybody else sees it as a great film. And I completely understand yeah. why you might. And that's that is fine. I I it's silly that <laughs> I'm that wrong, would be, but it's fine. No, no, <laughs> it's silly that that's that is your the one. It's it's, it's, it's fine. But something I love about this entire library is that mm-hmm. pretty much every single one of these movies, maybe not all 56, but pretty much every single one of these movies is someone's favorite. And true. Uh, that's, that's really neat to me that you can bring up, Oh, Hey, I, I, I will bring up in conversation cause I'm bragging. <laughs> I do a Disney podcast and then, Oh, have you watched this movie yet? I love that one. I'm like, Oh really? There's the obvious ones. But occasionally someone will be like, oh, man, Oliver and Company is my favorite one. I'm like, you haven't watched that in a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 watch it again. Watch again. You're, you're watching it yeah. through rose-tinted children's eyes. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, there's such a variety of movies in here. And for to have so many movies, it's, you know, it makes sense that there'd be some that just don't connect that, where some others do. And that's not just to you and me personally. That's to just moviegoers as a whole based on the success and failure of some of these movies. If I may answer the question... So the, here's a little here's a little something for you folks to uh, to wrap your brains around here. The worst episode for me to record, and I'm not going to tell you which one it is. I'm not going to say which one it is. Jeff and I, over the course of this podcast, have act- yep. surprisingly had very few technical difficulties. Most of our technical difficulties is just getting started, connecting with my. Yeah. It's, even today, like of all days, our last episode <laughs> took me twenty freaking minutes <laughs> to get this thing going. But yep, the worst episode to record. There is one episode in this collection that we lost forty-five minutes of my side. Not yep. even the beginning of the end. In the middle, somehow yep. something glitched, and we lost forty-five minutes of my end of things. 
and Jeff, you you were you. It was sad. We hate to see as creative people. You hate to see something that you've you've done. But I was so stubborn. I said, "No, you send me your end. I will re-record my responses to whatever the heck you were saying." No. And because I because I had offered to be like, okay, we'll just cut the forty. We'll cut that forty five minutes mm-hmm. out. We'll quickly just record a new five minute piece. We'll even address the fact like, hey, everybody, sorry, this episode's kind of short this week, but technical we lost a good chunk. We had technical difficulties. We lost a chunk no. of it. And I'll no, I quickly said, recap no. <laughs> a little bit of what we talked about, and then I I I was. I do, I, I do too. Like I would have hated to have an episode like that, mm-hmm. and but at the same time, I, I realize we have schedules, we have we have lives that we weren't able to. Well, <laughs> barely. I, didn't I think am we able, were able to. <laughs> Apparently, TC spent the entire evening into the morning recording yep. the other half. I of redid that, so. my entire. I, I I got all my notes back out. I just re- I have I have a pretty good memory for things, so I was able to remember a lot of the. The thing is that like we will riff and craft jokes to each other, so I had to remember why you were laughing at something. <laughs> I do that a lot, just quietly <laughs> in the background too. So, so somewhere in this library, and and I I defy you to guess because you'll never get. I feel that. I think it came off flawless as far as far as I'm concerned. TC, are we are we are we able to give them a hint? No, I don't want anyone to Can know which one it is. No hints. <laughs> no Absolutely hints. no hints. No hints. Get out of here. Okay. They, they, they'll have to. It was not really going to be a hint, TC. <laughs> what, were you, what, were, what was your fake hint? You were going to get. You were going to say. You were going to say. Let me get. You were going to say it's somewhere between Snow White and Moana. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be nice to be like, it wasn't Snow White. It wasn't Snow White. Correct. Yes, it wasn't Snow White. That's all I was going to hint at. Okay. It's not Snow White, guys. Because <laughs> actually, so, guys, I kind of don't remember what episode oh, it was. Oh, oh, I do. Oh, I do. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm sure you do, TC. <laughs> um, so moving on, you you had mentioned the, the best princess earlier. And yep. we, we got a great tweet here from, let me see who brought this up. It was, um, uh, where is it? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, here it is. It was uh, uh, live, live poor and die never. <laughs> At live poor and die never. <laughs> great, great, great name here. Uh, she asks, why isn't Esmeralda mentioned when you guys discuss the heroines? When you guys, when we discuss the princesses, uh, there are Esmeralda from Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. Why is she not brought up? Uh, which is a fair question. There. There are other princesses that will get ignored just in general conversation. Like Meg doesn't get brought up off enough. Kita certainly doesn't get brought up often enough. And I think that's that says something about either the quality of the movie of Hunchback and Notre Dame or just how we mm-hmm. felt about it. Um, but I think that they should make. I I would like to in my fan, we have the print the coronated princess right the coronated princesses the the eleven or twelve of them that there are Cinderella Snow right. White all all the ones you can name off the top of your head. I like to think that there's a second string princess club that hang out together like because they're not cool <laughs> enough to be part of the of the of the main coronated princesses. So you got Esmeralda <laughs> and Meg and Kida from Atlantis and uh Elenwai from and I said her name correctly from the Black Cauldron are just all hanging out at uh, and with Charlotte, of course, Charlotte from uh who probably the one who arranged it, uh Charlotte from Princess and the Frog. Um, mm-hmm. I I'd like to imagine those girls all hanging out and just it's like 
Heathers or Mean Girls. Like they're the 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 not cool girls who are like, man, those 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 plastics. F them. <laughs> and, and really, if you think about it, those that collection of princes are all kind of. I mean, Charlotte's a. She's a little. She's a. She's a girly girl, right? But the rest of them are kind of tough. Eloi, uh, Kita, Esmeralda, Meg, those are all tough chicks. They would beat up. <laughs> so what you're saying is mm-hmm. we need a, what is it, the Unbreakables? Is that it? No, not Unbreakables. We need, um, oh, what is it? Um, oh, the, uh, the the Sylvester Stallone type. And, oh, Expendables. Um, There's the an Expendables, Expendables version of the Disney Princess's second stringers. I would totally watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you? Because you know what? First off, it'd be really easy. Probably, well, if Disney made it, it'd be really easy to get the rights because they own the rights to right, these characters. Right, right. But they'd be characters that no one really—I don't want to say—not cares about. But are—they're not—they're not Jasmine and Snow White. It'd be fascinating to watch what they do with that. They all come be from fantastic, yeah, and, and they come from cool worlds as well. Kita has her Atlantis world. Uh, Eloi comes from uh, Elon. Y comes from magic. Uh, Meg is part of the Greek guy. Like, they have cool things that they could do that the other princesses necessarily couldn't or wouldn't do. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Liv. That would be, <laughs> that'd be good. Yeah. I, I didn't have a, I didn't have a good answer for that one, but TC, you summarized that perfectly for me. <laughs> All right. I'm, to- I'm tossing the, uh, the, the conch to you, conch shell. Le- the conch shell? The speaking Should, is that, stick. Was that- I'm just, hmm. it's your turn to pick a I'm question. I was trying to think. think of a thing to say there. <laughs> I'll wait to just to, I'll wait just to pe- segue into. <laughs> well, you know what we're gonna do is because you're petering off there, Teezy. Mm-hmm. Um, what about um, this question from from Bill Russell? Where we'll take a little bit of a detour away from uh, from these things that are from the, the the run of questions we've been having here. Bill Russell asked, uh, wondering where you guys think 2D animation ultimately belongs now. Whether it should still have its place among the CGI, which is obviously necessary these days. Mm-hmm. Um, or um, uh, was that his comment too? Did he complete that? Was that more? Yeah, uh, 2D ultimately sure. belongs to CGI. They're obviously necessary. Um, he would love to see the traditional animation thrown yes. in every couple of years. Thanks for the podcast, yep. guys. Russell, uh, uh, Bill, thank you for commenting. <laughs> thank you, Bill. That was a great question. Uh, this one, I, I fully believe 2D animation now mm-hmm. is so solely cemented in nostalgia we're okay. past the point now and here's 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 my thought process i do not see anytime soon like disney or obviously pixar i don't see them going back for a extended period of time mm-hmm. doing 2d animation i think we're well into the 3d animation now this is where the world is at so 2d animation it's going it's it's gonna go well, kind of go away now but it's becoming kind of a niche or like a, yeah. like a like a like a let's 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 do let's do something different. We'll do a two D animated film, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what's going to happen. I would say give it another, I don't know, maybe five ten years, and we'll have a fully two D animated film, you know, for the first time in you know twenty years or whatever Disney's going to market it as. Um, but I really do. I, it's it's because what happened with two D animation is it's kind of fallen along the same lines as like black and white movies. Mm, Like we kind of moved away from black and white once they developed color and we kind of stuck with color for the long time. But that's not saying that people aren't going to make black and white movies every once in a while. Right. That's what 2D animation is going to be. It's going to be this thing you'll get every once in a while, but that's going to be kind of the hook of the the film is that, oh, it's a 2D animated film. Yeah, I 
I agree. I, I think you're onto something there. I think that there there is. I do believe there is still a place for 2D. I don't necessarily think it's at Disney, right? Because mm-hmm. Studio Ghibli, which is uh, Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, the uh, uh, Hayao Miyazaki films, those are 2D, and they are breathtaking, and they are still producing, uh, out of uh, Jap- uh, Japanese animation is still producing 2D, and they do it in such a fashion that it is very distinctly not American. And right. the, the Hayao Miyazaki Studio Ghibli movies are breathtaking is the right word for them. They are beautiful. There's a reason he's considered the, the Walt Disney of Japan. And if Disney were to attempt to return to 2D in a major picture, I'm not sure that audiences are asking for that. But right. here's, here's my pitch for you, Jeff. Okay. And this, this is okay. something that they have yet to crack in terms of what Disney can and cannot do. I'm going to pitch to you how they could do a hybrid 2D and CG movie, okay? I would like to see a hybrid 2D CG movie where a 2D character exists in a 3D world, and maybe that character should be Mickey Mouse. Interesting. So are you thinking it kind of like a, is it, is it kind of like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit except instead of live action, it's just 3D? Something, something, it would, I don't want to go as, as super meta as something like the Looney Tunes movies, but something to the effect where Mickey is displaced. He is a, a passe character. Mickey is the, the representative, representative of Disney, but is he anymore? Really? Like Disney doesn't really use Mickey for much and that's kind of a shame because he is the he is the godfather of Disney cartoons, right? So right. I mean, if you want to go great grandfather then it's gonna be Oswald and Alice, but that's a whole different conversation <laughs> to be had. So I I don't know if they could if Disney could pull off doing a two D animated movie again. It would have to be a really good really good subject matter. Um, I would love to see it, obviously, that in all of our discussions here, I've made it very clear my love for the hand-drawn, for the 2D. But I've also acknowledged that they have figured out a way to animate CG like 2D. So it's a good question, Bill, and I do, and I think Jeff and I agree that there is a place for it. It's just so not mainstream that it, it has become niche. So we'll see. Which is, which is sad, which is sad. You know, on, on the upside, but, we still have this entire library of movies that many of these movies continue to exist in the hearts and collections of of film watchers. That though we may not get new two D stuff, we still have the old ones that that people can find a new love for or be introduced to and appreciate. So there you go. <laughs> and that's what we're doing with this podcast: trying to introduce <laughs> old films for you all to like. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? Let's see if we can. I'm gonna just jump down on right here. Since mm-hmm. we're talking about 2D, we're talking about uh, what will our classic 2D films. Uh, at Miscreants, who's kind of, she's great. Some of her tweets are like very, uh, not mean, but they're like playfully mean. <laughs> I don't know if you see it. All all of her tweets are very like, all right. And her uh, Jeff say one bad thing about Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> All right, guys, I thought long and hard about this one, much like some of the other questions, and I'm going to say this right now. <laughs> they shouldn't have cast Emma Watson as Belle. They should have done it. No, no, no. Boom, That's question, cheating. answer, moving That's on. Cheating. All right. <laughs> Woo-hoo. 
All right, TC, I'm going to ask you the same question. Oh. Uh, name some. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can ask me no, that serious. next. You can ask me that next, but. <laughs> no, seriously, no. I knew I was going to I will agree with you. No, Emma Watson um, was not the right choice. I, not the right on choice. On paper, she um, is because it's freaking Hermione Granger, and yeah, but. They could they could but have done better on anyway. screen. Not so much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but seriously, to answer the question, I wasn't gonna just do the joke answer. <laughs> I, I came up with a real one. Um, there is a part of me that does not like that Gaston is evil just for being evil. Okay. I kind of wish he. I wish, and this is one of those tiny little things that the live action movie actually did kind of mm-hmm. decent. They gave Gaston a little more of a backstory and reasoning why he is the way he is. Gaston in the animated film, I love I, get, I love Beauty and the Beast. You guys know this. Shut up. <laughs> I still, though, like there's a part of me that's like, mm, Gaston is just kind of a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Nah, he's just kind of smug and arrogant and, you know, a jerk and an idiot. And he go he tries to kill the Beast because... Huh? Kill the beast. Like really? He's just yeah. There's really he's just he's you're just not going to take my woman. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing that I, that's the that is a thing that drives me crazy about the movie that I wish it did. I wish they explained more as to why he's a bad mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. So there you go, everybody. <laughs> you win. You got me saying something bad about Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> but uh, TC, yeah, TC, yeah. I'm not going to let you go that mm-hmm, easy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm you right. need to say one bad thing about Mulan. Thanks, Miss Crean. <laughs> yes, thank you, Miss Crean. I, th- I think that I... I think I was critical on that movie. I, uh, I, I don't think I so. Say something worse. <laughs> I, pr- I did really, really praise that movie. I can acknowledge that. But I feel like I was a... I have, you know, maybe I'm wrong. So, okay, I will be... I will say something bad about Mulan... And the amalgamation of the Asian influence is a little, mm-hmm. they could have done better because it's not Chinese, it's not Japanese, it's Korean, it's Korean, Japanese. They mixed all the Asians, Asians together to create the aesthetic of the film. And it, that's a little inappropriate. <laughs> It's a little insensitive. I don't know if it's necessarily inappropriate per se, but it's a little insensitive to those cultures that, from an American point of view, uh, generally speaking, there is, oh, that's Asian. Uh, the Asian culture is huge, is vast and and very different region to region. So to, to paint a broad stroke of, uh, Mulan's Asian, that's, that's a little insensitive. So <laughs> that uh, would be my bad thing about it is that all right <laughs> in all fairness tc i feel like your bad thing about it is stronger than mine that gaston is just evil so fine <laughs> you win or that he should be yeah T- tell, tell me how tell me how evil fine gaston is. he's he's just you know he wanted uh he, he can't steal my woman with from me <laughs> oh you know what he just go ahead go yes. ahead go ahead no you talk no no i was, I was gonna say was, I, was just, I was just gonna say that he just wanted bell to be his mm-hmm. wife that's all he wanted dc is not that hard to understand not that hard <laughs> someone it's did tweet at us say a quite here i'm gonna i'm gonna jump to this because it's a perfect perfect place for this so uh our good friend our, our very good listener uh, and commenter uh, frequent commenter a scar star she thanks us for the brilliant <laughs> podcast brilliant you know that's you know you're overselling it um uh, she only has one request and since she's sure everyone else has questions for her, can we bring back the adventures of Gurgi and Gaston for one final reunion? 
<laughs> I loved this. Yeah, I loved yeah. I loved this question so much that pretty much TC and I were like, yeah, this has to happen, it, doesn't so, it? <laughs> so uh, uh, Disney Top Shelf. No, we're not going to just do. We're not going to just do a line. Yeah, yeah. What, what are we going to yeah, do, yeah. TC? Uh, Disney gonna, Top Shelf so Animation Studios Library now presents the Adventures of Gaston and Gurgi, reading a selection from Quentin Tarantino's. Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and Curtain. Scene. Here we go. And you know what they call a quarter pounder with cheese in Paris. They, they don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese? No, man. They got the metric system. They wouldn't know what the f- What? Oh, man, swear in this one? <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just realized this. <laughs> All right. Uh, heck. I, heck. I'll censor myself, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm glad I caught that. <laughs> no, they don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese? No, man. They got the metric system. They wouldn't know what the crap a quarter pounder is. Then, then what do they call it? They call it... A royale with cheese. Uh, a royale with cheese? But, 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 what do they call a Big Mac? Well, a Big Mac's a Big Mac, but they call it Le Big Mac. Le Big Mac? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do they call a, what do they call a Whopper? I don't know. I don't go to Burger King. Uh, thank you, thank you. This concludes Disney Top Shelf Animation Studios Library's <laughs> selection of stage readings of Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. There. <laughs> oh man, I kind of want that to be its own podcast. <laughs> well, well we that did, was a lot. Oh man, th- thank you. Fun. Th- I, I really well, liked hey, doing thanks, that. Scarlett. That was her. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Scarstar. That was great. Thank you for that request. <laughs> if only to indulge our excuse to do a guest on and what is reason what is arguably a gurgi slash smeagol impression but you know thank you for giving us the opportunity <laughs> although that that does oh. lead to a question from uh j it's a dollar sign unya oh no i <laughs> js nunya there we go like nunya business i think okay uh js says please record an unproducibles of the Emperor's New gro- Groove, like yesterday, coin toss on who is Pacha and who is Cusco. So, <laughs> so, I fully support this. TC, what is yeah. the Unproducibles uh, for those who may not this, know? This was an attempt at a podcast that we did like three years ago now, where yeah, that's been the, a while. the idea is that we would do just stage readings of screenplays. We did an episode of an original short film that I wrote. We did a selection of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And we never got back around to figuring out a way to organize it and make it a regular show. So I'm just happy someone's <laughs> aware of it as a show. So thank you, <laughs> JS. And for, and for those of you out there who are listening, if you do want to hear those 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 two that we did, mm-hmm. they are, I believe, yeah, they are on the ghosthat.net yes. website under podcast. You yes. could listen to the yeah, episode one is the script TC wrote, episode two is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. So uh, episode feel one free to go does have uh, explicit language, so keep that in mind yes. um, but if you we we had a good time with that first episode it was the second one where we like oh this could be a thing <laughs> so yes thank you for oh the- man the Raiders of the Lost Ark <laughs> one was a blast <laughs> so an Ever's New Groove well I mean our whole episode recording that was just us regurgitating our favorite lines for an hour so <laughs> you kind of got that already <laughs> Good point, TC. Yeah. Very good point. <laughs> uh, so let's let's jump back. Let's jump back into some other questions here. Uh, I think we could could rapid fire some here. So we could. What is the what is the best sidekick or favorite sidekick? What's your what's your your response to that? 
So this was a trick question that I went kind of along the lines of TC where you where you're trying to answer who was the best princess. Mm-hmm. I went where the best sidekick. My answer is Kronk. Really? Okay. Because <laughs> technically Kronk is is um, oh my goodness Yzma, Yzma, why am I Isma's sidekick? Mm-hmm. Technically he's his, her sidekick. I think he is the best sidekick <sighs> out of all of them because too good just. <laughs> there's a lot of other ones out there, and I'm well aware of this. Like, there's a lot yeah. of good, like, like a lot of animal sidekicks. But at least I'm you're sure, TC. You're probably going to bring up one. <laughs> but uh, I like I, that wasn't a dig or anything. No, I'm no, just, no. I'm you, guessing. You, you know me well because I've <laughs> I've entered this battle arena before. Sebastian, the crab, is intrinsic. Ah, yes. Is that who you thought I was going to say? Yes. Yeah. It, he's intrinsic <laughs> to the Little Mermaid's plot. He has two of the all-time best songs. He accepts his fate as a mentor, and the, it, honestly, the only thing missing in his, is his involve, involvement in the climax of the film. For every, for important as Sebastian is up to the end, where it just turns into Eric versus Ursula, Sebastian mm-hmm. is there motivating and pushing the entire story, and uh, so he's he's the he's who. Well, okay, I'm I'm balking here for a second. The best sidekick to have would be Genie. That dude can do anything. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> but taking that out of the equation, uh, I, I stand by Sebastian being being the being the best there. And Jeff, you're not wrong. There are so many great sidekicks to choose from. Uh, just anything but Ben, <laughs> I think, is the. <laughs> Which okay, real good and quick, DC. I know we're gonna rapid fire off a couple of these, uh-huh. but then there was a comment later on uh, in the episode, um, or a comment later on from Summer Foster, who asked if we could do another twenty minutes just railing on Martin <laughs> Short and Ben. And I uh, honestly, guys, I think we would, but this episode would not be the length that it currently is. It'd be about twice as long because I'm pretty positive we would just go for a long time yeah. on him. But yeah. thanks, for, thank you for that. Thank summer. you, thank you for enjoying what we did to to that in the first place. <laughs> I, something that I've liked overall about this this whole podcast is that it's been a positive experience. There, there mm-hmm. we've only offered so much snark in in the analyses that we've done. Now, I'm I. And I think that in terms of film criticism and film discussion, there's too much snark and and wisecracking yep. in a negative and uh, in a negative way. And I'm guilty of it too. If you watch my one minute rewatches, I it's not a plug. It's just I'm guilty of getting being a little too hard and pedantic about stuff that people worked really hard on creating. And something that I've liked about this show is that we've we've dug deeper and our goal has been to entertain and inform where we can. So, uh, though it was a lot of fun to, to just rip apart home on the range, I'd like to think we did it at an entertaining and analytical level. And as, right. and I think our points were very, va- well, I think our points are very valid for Ben. My points might not be entirely valid when, when <laughs> mocking Jason Alexander's, uh, gargoyle, but matter of opinion, of course. Of but, course. Uh, yeah. So thank you, Summer, for, for that. <laughs> uh rapid fire question tc uh favorite voice actor oh okay so this 
This one was interesting. You know, these are supposed to be rapid fire, but no, we no, actually that's... answer them. They take but just no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, they're short questions. We still take as long to add to them as all <laughs> the other ones. So, well, not really. I'll be a little more like saying that. We we have like the 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 history of this of this library does have Edwin and Sterling Holloway and Phil Harris and Alan Tudyk. These these very definitive. You know, maybe not Edwin, but. Harris, Tudyk, Sterling Holloway, Jim Cumming. These are guys who've come back again and again and again to do to mm-hmm. do voices. Um, and considering this question, I was like, all right, maybe I'll take actors out of, off the table. So something like, I think Zachary Levi is an amazing Flynn Rider, and I think uh, um, Mandy Moore is a fantastic Rapunzel, but they're, they aren't traditionally voice actors. Like specifically right. asking about people who've made their lives being voice actors... Um, it's, I, I'm going to say Jim Cummings, but Jim Cummings didn't really, he has offered a lot to this library, but he's really offered a lot to Disney as a whole. If you look at the animated, the, the straight to DVD releases and the animated shows, Jim Cummings is prolific in the amount of voice acting he has done. So that's, that's my pick for best voice actor. Jeff, how about you? And he does Currently, he does Winnie the Pooh. Like, yeah. he has, or not currently, he's been doing Winnie the Pooh mm-hmm. longer than Sterling Holloway was doing Winnie the Pooh at this point. <laughs> um, and I, so see, I originally, I originally wrote down, and I'm kind of sticking to it, I, Sterling Holloway. Not, like, honestly, <laughs> that's who I picked as my favorite voice actor, just because those early films, whenever he showed up, there was just something so warming and just comfortable about hearing him talk Mm -hmm. even when he wasn't playing Pooh just when he was in the other films I liked just listening to him talk there was something about his voice that was just enjoyable and I just I was always looking forward to it I was so sad when we had that last uh, I think it was the Winnie the Pooh wasn't it from the 70s was the last time we heard him I believe uh, I was so did he do did he do a voice in Emperor's New Groove the no, because he was already gone okay, by that okay. point. I believe. I, I do believe he was already. He already. Mm-hmm. He had already passed on at that point. Okay. Uh, but it, it, I mean, I'll I'll fact check that while we're still recording here, just to make <laughs> sure that I'm not wrong. Uh, but uh, no, yeah, he died in '92. Okay. So yes, he was already gone at that point. But I just it was so it was so good, it was so nice to hear him, mm-hmm. and I loved. I always look forward to. to I, I liked the Holloway alert during those first handful of episodes, those first like two dozen uh, episodes, <laughs> yeah. uh, which eventually turned into the Katzenberg Corner, and then which eventually turned into Tudic uh, Watch. Tudic Watch. <laughs> <laughs> it got more, it got more <laughs> serious, <laughs> actually. It got more action-packed as this, as this series hey, went along. It's what gets the ratings here. Uh, best, best horse. <laughs> oh, gosh. Really? Okay, well, this one's an easy one, guys. It's Maximus. It's Maximus. Anyways, next question. <laughs> next question. <laughs> I'm sorry. Next that question. horse is just too it's, good. Yeah, it's, and there was a lot. I looked all the horses up, too. Yep. I, I looked all of them up to see which ones there were, and I realized, I'm like, no, it's it's Maximus. It has to be Maximus. It's always, yeah. It's like, just, just to, I'll rattle off the horses real quick, okay? So okay. we have the Fantasia Centaurs, Widowmaker from uh, Pecos Bill, Gunpowder from Mr. Toad, Daredevil from Ichabod, Cinderella had Major, Sleeping Beauty had Samson, 101 Dalmatians had the captain, Aristocats had Frau Frau, Frau Frau, Bell had Philippe, Hunchback in our Dame had Achilles. He's he was close to a Maximus prototype. Hercules yeah. also had uh, Hercules had Pegasus, who's also Maximus esque. Uh, Penelope had uh, Penelope was in Hercules as the mule, Maximus from Tangled, Buck from uh, Home on the Range, and Khan from Mulan. Yeah, 
Maximus, hands down. The, the horse Maximus has an arc. The horse has an arc. That That's all we need. <laughs> he starts as a villain, and he becomes a good guy, guys, at the end. Mm-hmm. And he's a funny good guy at the end, too. Uh, but speaking of villains, who's the best Ooh. villain? Oh. All right. I'm not going to lie, gang. I chose Mal- uh, Maleficent. I, you know what? I did as well. The most evil of evil is Maleficent. Yes. She's the only Maleficent. character who calls, she calls upon the power of hell. It's pretty yep. evil. <laughs> and she curses a baby out of spite. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> She's not a nice person. Whereas no. we've had bad guys and villains mm-hmm. and people who are just bad for being bad sake. Right. Um, she's just. She, I feel like she is a walking embodiment of just evil. Evil. She is yeah. just bad. That's all she is. Yeah. There, there's, there's some great villains in this, uh, over the course of this entire fifty-six groupings of films. But uh, she's, mm-hmm. she's the evilest. She's the, really, calling upon the power of the hell and and spitefully cursing a baby. That's pretty evil. <laughs> I, the only, the only <laughs> other person I'll give credit is that's really evil is Cruella Deville. Wants to murder puppies for a jacket. Like, that's... That is true. <laughs> pretty evil. So what we have is we have this listing of Maleficent as number one, followed immediately by Cruella DeVille. There's, but not as bad. It's just, just yeah. wants to kill puppies. I mean, that is pretty bad, actually. So I, I shouldn't Scar talk kills his <laughs> Scar kills his brother, but, you know, that's royalty for you. Yeah, it's royalty and power. That's all he cares about. <laughs> um, well, speaking of the yeah. villains, TC, mm-hmm. I think we should do this. We talk a lot about mu- music in this mm-hmm. podcast. Oh, we yes. talked a lot about the music and the songs. I think we need to do this as a two-parter, kind of technically. I'm going to combine both of okay, these. But okay. what's the best villain song? Okay. I went with my gut. So my, my, knee-jerk, okay. my knee-jerk instinct when, when looking at this question was Poor Unfortunate Souls. That, okay. That Ursula's poor unfortunate souls. Just she the the way it's performed, the way it's animated, her asides. It's just the quintessential villain singing their evilness and advancing the plot. Like it's and it's such a fun song to sing that uh, that that's that's my that's my favorite villain song. There's some really great ones, but when it, my knee jerk response when saying what's what's your favorite villain song? Boom, that one right there. And going along those same exact lines, my knee-jerk response, because I didn't even think about it, I read Best Villain Song, and I went, oh, it's this song, Mm -hmm. is Be Prepared from The Lion King. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I love Be Prepared from The Lion King, which which really sucks, because I wish... I wish Jafar had a villain song in Aladdin mm-hmm. because because uh, and this is where this kind of connects into what the best song is. Mm-hmm. But I wish he had because I think his villain song would have been brilliant. But I love "Be Prepared" from The Lion King. Yeah. Just there's something about it because it's this level of cockiness basically is what it is, yeah. which was good to get out of a villain. Basically, just being like, "Yep." Guess what? I'm gonna rule. Just be prepared for that. It's coming. This it's, is that's it's gonna even, happen. Even in the worst movies, the movie or the the lessest, the least, sorry, the least, lessest of the movies <laughs> the in the libraries. And you write for a living, right? <laughs> <laughs> you. No. The villain song is gonna be the best song because yep. Hunchback Notre Dame has some great music in it. But Hellfire is a hell of a song. Oh, Hellfire uh, is a great yeah. song. Um, I uh, dang. Um, uh, even and literally the worst of the worst here, the only good song in H- Home on the Range is the is 
is the Yodel, the Yodeling song. <laughs> yes, that's right. Which I forgot that we we said that that is technically the villain song, mm-hmm, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Which is so weird. I would, well, what about this then? Okay, yeah, okay. no. So what are you going? No, 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 no. Go ahead. Good. I was just gonna say, what about this then? What's the best song? What's the best song? So now, <laughs> just for the record, when it comes to my answer, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I took this as what is the best song that I personally feel out of all the songs from all the movies. Okay. So <clears throat> your your favorite, that's what you picked. You picked your your favorite, what you I picked my okay. absolute favorite song out of all the songs. Well, then I'm also going to do that and, and have two answers because okay. I, I, I okay. tried to... <laughs> okay. You tried, being, you tried being very good and analytical yeah. about that, and I just went, well, it's this song. I, I, it's this so one. I'm going to pick two. In terms of this... Of, of Disney in terms of the music of Disney when you wish upon the star from Pinocchio okay is the sentiment that pretty yep. much every one of these movies makes in some form or another uh when you wish upon a star is the second movie right no wait was it it's in the first few movies right I should know this I just did a whole podcast about it <laughs> but look at and you call yourself a professional <laughs> how, how many it's the second movie <laughs> I thought so okay. how many times <laughs> has dreaming been even in the songs of of Disney once upon a dream a dream is a wish I'm wishing from Snow White's uh, when will my life begin from Tangled like but yes. but more than that it's when you wish upon a star is the hope of every dreamer and creative person in the world. The, 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 the very notion of that when you wish upon a star, no matter how unrealistic, that that notion just fills my heart with joy. And and there's that just encapsulates encapsulates everything that's good and wonderful about the Disney Library is is that song. It's the reason it's the theme song to Disney, right? Uh, right. When you see the the rainbow, or the the arch go over, or the arc go over the castle at the beginning of a Disney movie, you're hearing "When You Wish Upon a Star." Um, but if I may That's go, how with, ingrained it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if I may use your your uh, <laughs> how you're judging best song, is there any? I'm judging. <laughs> is there any more just the ultimate I want song than "Part of Your World" from Little Mermaid? The build of it, mm. the longing of it, the fact that almost that they almost cut it. <laughs> Damn, I know that that Katzenberg said it was boring. That that like I I want to sing it right now, Jeff. I I do. I won't. See, I won't. I won't. But I will. Okay. <laughs> I won't. Oh, you're I, won't. Okay. I won't. I won't. Mm. I won't. But but I want to. Look at this stuff. <laughs> Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection? I said I was going to sing will... it. No. Well, oh, no. well, you said you weren't going to sing it, so I figured, well, I'll sing it then. Okay. That's fine. But I'll sing it as Gaston. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? That's very good. That's very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I try. What is the best song, Jeff? What is the best song? <laughs> Did I tip my hat? Guys, it's Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> this is why I went with best song overall, mm-hmm. because... Technically, that's the villain song from yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, guys. It is it is the song in my head that I, just like TC, because I know you, TC, I know part of your world is that song that you would just sing on loop all day long. <laughs> Everyone wants to sing that song. Some of you yep. are singing it right I, now. <laughs> I, I really like that song. And I'm not going to lie, it's in my honorable mentions. Because, guys, guess what? I made an honorable mentions <laughs> list for this. This I is kinda, a tough category. I, this is a really I, tough I, category. And I might have picked Poor Unfortunate Souls and When You Wish Upon a Star right now. But 
that's not negating the fact that there's a whole new world and uh, a whole new world. Kiss the girl kiss from the Little Mermaid. Yes, it's a great right? song. I love that song. Yeah, the, Reflections from oh, Mulan gosh, is yes. a beautiful song. Uh, Once and, upon and then a the dream, same thing. Cruella yep. Deville. Like, Hakuna Matata across the board. Hakuna Matata is are great. Unbelievable songs in here. So. So there's that. So you're you're picking Gaston just right now. I had to pick Gaston just because. I'm sorry, gang, but I, I recorded my own version of it using the soundtrack from the Broadway show, mm-hmm. and I recorded all the voices, mm-hmm. and I because because I could, and I like it, and I sometimes listen to it on on, on my iPod. And you I'm listeners cool like that. should go listen to it now. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Don't find it. You will never find it. I'll put the link in the description. You'll never find it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I asked a couple of questions, TC. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to ask a couple more? Sure. And then, yeah. Uh, um, speaking of moving the show along, yeah, uh, of songs and and whatnot. What's who's the best couple? Ooh, best so, couple. Yeah. So, I, I this was asked by a few people in a couple of variations. So, like, it's again, like, how do you determine this? Is it the best romantic pairing, um, or is this the best best team? Like, like. Like a duo, yeah, like best, best duo, like, right? Like... So I, I took it as the best romantic pairing, and okay. to me, the the best romantic pairing in this entire library is Pongo and Perdita from 101 Dalmatians. They Ooh. they are equals. They are in love. They love their family unconditionally. They have love to spare for all those other puppies. I mean, watching that movie again for this and realizing just how. I mean, seriously, hashtag relationship goals for Pongo and Perdita. They are easily the best yes. parents, too, by the way, yeah. looking at the whole of the parents. So it's it, in terms of couples, there's some amazing couples in this library. But Pongo and Perdita, it, they are hard to beat when it comes to the to everything that they have going for themselves. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you got, Jeff? <laughs> That's hard to follow up with, though. Um it's it, so it's tough. It's tough. I I I'm not gonna lie. There's a lot of there's a lot of couples in this movie that we don't see as a long time as couples. If you wanted to go the romantic route, mm-hmm. um, like the dude that you mentioned from 101 Dalmatians, definitely because you see them the entire time. Unfortunately, a lot of the couples aren't couples until the very very end of the film, and it's like, well, they're just walking off into the sunset together. That's mm-hmm. not a, you, how do I know if that's a good couple? Uh, I went with the one. I went with a couple. Excuse me. I went with the romantic couple route. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not go with the duo, though I did th- think did think to do that. And I went with the the couple that I felt was that that bounced off of each other well enough, that worked well enough t- uh, together, that kind of filled in each other's um, not flaws, but they kind of were they were kind of were a yin and a yang mm-hmm. uh, to a point. Though it did take them a little while. They both taught each other a lot throughout the entire film. Uh, I went with Flynn and Rapunzel. Flynn, yes, I I did consider them as well in my in my decision making. But it's tough because you know what? Really, like you could you could argue best couple could you know could be I. But I with a close second, if you wanted to just do best couple, like best duo, it would probably in my head be like Ralph and uh, Penelope. Uh, from Wreck-It Ralph or mm-hmm. Timon and Pumbaa from The Lion King because yeah, honestly yeah. that's a great duo that's a fantastic duo uh, or you could even argue Genie and Abu from Aladdin oh yeah because so. they are kind of a duo <laughs> they're kind of, they're a, duo, kind yeah. of a duo you know but <laughs> I'll allow it but that, <laughs> it was hard guys that was a hard <laughs> hard question to answer without just being like yeah. oh well what's the most romantic couple in the films well I you gotta actually have more than just romance guys. exactly uh, 
Oh yeah, good. There, there really are some. Oh, boy, uh, to to make a more difficult question here, this is going off of the comments section from Moana regarding the best soundtrack overall. What's the best soundtrack overall? Speaking of music, speaking of couplings, having songs like A Whole New World and and uh, Now I See the Lights and Beauty and the Beast. Oh, I guess Beauty and the Beast doesn't do it, but you know what I'm saying. Hakuna Matata, there we go. So <laughs> what do you feel is the best overall soundtrack? Well, so again, this comes down to a personal preference and it comes down to kind of like how we were ranking the films. We put them in our top tens. Mm-hmm. I went through a, I went through a bunch of I was playing a lot of soundtracks too while I was coming up with this list. I did the same and, thing when I was deciding, uh, right? And I, and I landed on the one that I wanted to listen to in its entirety. <laughs> yep, and that's exactly where I ended up at. It's actually I'm going to break it a little bit. It's a tie between two. It is a okay. dead tie between two films. Drum and roll. drum roll, uh, it's Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin are my oh, two. Okay, great, the, the amazing soundtracks. That, amazing yeah. soundtracks, amazing songs, amazing vocal performances, well written, crafted lyrics and musical flourishes. Mm-hmm. But also the score section themselves of those soundtracks are beautiful pieces of music. Just gorgeous. Just, just. You I, you can hear the pieces of music, and you know exactly where in the movie you are currently. Mm-hmm. And again, again I, like every song on the soundtrack, I love both of those, and then just every piece of music I enjoy equally as well. I, so it was a tie for me. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree with everything Sorry. you had to say. Uh, I, however, picked a different one. Uh, though, oh, yeah. though Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, The Little Mermaid, the Renaissance films, even even the the lesser of the Renaissance films, all have incredible soundtracks. But the best. Oh, please tell me you picked Oliver and Company. <laughs> <laughs> There's one good no. song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon oh, there's two because Huey Lewis sings the opening song. Don't make me talk yep, about Oliver go. and Company. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I feel like it didn't get enough conversation. I want to keep bringing it back. <laughs> I have selected the best overall soundtrack as The Lion King because it's not just oh, Elton John yes. and Tim Rice. You have Hans Zimmer doing the yes. score for this thing, and so much more so that it's not just an amazing soundtrack for the film. Uh, this goes to another question we have, which is about the Broadway versions of these movies. The Lion King Broadway show is incredible. It is, um, it, it is got, I hope, okay, so, so let's see, uh, sorry. Nicole had mentioned in our comment section, be honest, the Lion King live action remakes is going, remake is going to be incredible. That cast! And yes, the cast does sound good, and typically I'm a super snob when it comes to remakes. I am interested in the Lion King because I'd love to see them put all the songs from the movie and the songs from the Broadway show. I mean, Nala, who's being voiced by Beyonce, Nala mm-hmm. in the Broadway show has an incredible song called Shadowlands. I've recommended the Broadway soundtrack before for Lion King, and I'm 100% recommending it again. That uh, though I turned my nose up at the live action remakes, and don't call Li- Lion King's not a live yep. action remake, it's CG. Get out of here. Right, right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Lion King is the overall soundtrack is a, is just gorgeous music. It's not just the the fantastic pop hits of Elton John, Can You Feel the Love Tonight, I Can't Wait to Be King, Hakuna Matata, uh, Circle of Life, amazing songs. Additionally, the score of the movie is 
fantastic. So there, there is, there is that. <laughs> Good answer, TC. Good answer. Right. And you kind of answered. You pretty much gave the exact same answer I had to that Broadway question, um, and the or sorry, the the live the Lion King live action remake. That was exactly my thought because most of the times these live action remakes, like I've gone, I've seen Maleficent. I know that's not really a remake, but like I've seen it. I've seen um, Cinderella. I've seen Beauty and the Beast. I've seen the Jungle Book one. Yeah, I've seen the Jungle Book one. Okay, guys. <laughs> I've seen the live action version of it. It's fine. It's but fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But no, I I've seen them. But every single time that I watch these movies, all I watch them, I'll go, okay, I want to go home and just watch the cartoon one now. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. They make me just want to watch the original one. Which maybe that's kind of their purpose. Yeah. In mm-hmm. some secretive, you know. <laughs> Hush, hush, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Please go buy the other goals. <laughs> Yeah, please go buy the other ones that everybody else likes. But I'm not saying that they're bad. I am intrigued to see what they do with Lion King. I'm kind of curious to see, hopefully it is that amalgamation between the Broadway show yeah. and the movie. Because that'd be great. I think that'd be awesome. All right. All right. You know? Good. Then we agree. All right. Good. Good. <laughs> we agree on something <laughs> finally, <laughs> TC. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do want... So there was one question. I'm trying to find where it went. It is... Um, Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I was literally looking at it about two minutes ago and then I scrolled down to look at the other questions. I, I'll throw I'll throw a softball out. Okay, one go real ahead. Quick. Can go uh, ahead. This is from Nicole P. She says, Can we just say Land Before Time is Disney and, and that the movie Dinosaur doesn't exist? <laughs> I am uh, okay with that, guys. <laughs> yes, uh, we, we will allow it as the as the end all be all authority on animated Disney movies, we will allow Dinosaur to be stricken from the record and Land Before Time the, the Don Bluth movie to now be considered a Disney animated film. Um, <laughs> look, there, there. It's there. now official. Here, 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 here. I had my jabble and uh, jabble. Jabble. That's, that's the word. What's mm. look? There, there are <laughs> other animated jabble. films that are as good, if not better, than half these this movie this library of films. Uh, to, yes. to see. The other companies that have risen and fallen as Disney has remained is pretty fascinating. But the the competition has been good for the overall quality of these movies: Land Before Time, uh, The Secret of Nim, uh, American Tale. Those are all Don Bluth movies, and they're all really good. But going to Brave Little Toaster was purchased by Disney, but it wasn't animated by Disney. The Iron Giant is phenomenal as a film. If you want to see what what uh, Brad Bird did before Pixar. Iron Giant is a breathtaking film. Iron Giant, and that's yes. it's so yeah. It's it, I mean I know you're being funny to just say Land Before Time should replace Dinosaur, but it's fair to say that there are many many movies out there, animated films, uh, reference Studio Ghibli again, Pixar, that are better than the Disney movies. I mean, someone else uh, who was this? Uh, Summer Foster said Lilo and Stitch is so good it's technically a Pixar movie and. <laughs> there is a uniqueness in Lilo and Stitch that it does feel Pixar-esque. It's doing things that these that many, many, many other movies in this library never did. So, sure. <laughs> what, what was I answering here? <laughs> yes, Land Before Time is a Pixar movie. Did you find the question you were li- Do you have anything? I did find the question, <laughs> TC. I found, I found the question. Um, I do want to, because this was a really important one. This was from, uh, oh, man. Okay. Dr. Poli Sauce PhD. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Pol- it's hard to say that name, okay. guys. Uh, I'm assuming it's PhD. Polish sausage. PhD. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love Twitter names. Why can't people's Twitter names just be their real name? Okay. 
I, I you know, I, I love, but I love the creativity that people yeah, have what, when they come up with some of these the names. Do- what did the, the good the doctor have to say? Well, the good doctor wanted to know, there was a very important question. Mm-hmm. Are there any reviews you've changed your mind about in hindsight? Yes. Uh, yes. A- after we were away from it weeks at a time, after we continued watching the movies that followed it, I grew to dislike Chicken Little more and more. Someone actually pointed that out. <laughs> it was either Thomas or Wyatt that they felt they may have swayed our opinion about the movie, but it was just <laughs> the being further away from it, really thinking about it, I really started to dislike Chicken Little more and more. Uh, and the Alternatively... I liked 101 Dalmatians the more I thought about it, the more we analyzed the movie, and the more mm-hmm. I thought about the social commentary of it, the nitpicking it to its subtext, uh, that I ended up liking 101 Dalmatians more and Chicken Little less. Uh, animal movies. Hmm. Uh, Jeff, how about you? <laughs> I had two of them as well, actually. Um, first off, the, the one thing, and, and I went back to my list just to look at the numbering, I would have put Hunchback of Notre Dame a mm-hmm. little higher on my list. Okay. Because despite again the the the, the complaints we might have had about like or you might have had about like Jason Alexander's character, I there was just I know there was something about that movie that I had never seen that film before, and I l- fell in love with the music and I fell in love with the performance of Quasimodo and like yeah, yeah. I just there was something about it and it ended up being my number five on that in that list of ten. Uh, behind Emperor's New Groove, Aladdin, Lion King, and Mulan, I actually, in hindsight, would have put it at number three. You it would have beat the Lion oh, King. But what? Get out of here. You got to yes. go. You got to go. <laughs> no, no. It's one of those really close. It's one yeah, of those really yeah. close you know, ranking ones. But I, gosh, see, I like that gothic Broadway mm-hmm. music because I love the musical Jekyll and Hyde, mm-hmm. which is the poor man's Phantom of the Opera. But like, hey, it has I, I love that. See, it has David Hasselhoff in the early 2000s, guys. Go check it out. I, but I like that style. And I think that's what that's what Hunchback reminded me of was that gothic mm-hmm. musical, Broadway musical, that kind of that underground test. Because there's not a lot of people who know Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Um, but that was one of them. And the second one is, and I'm to this day, even down to coming up with this list of top 10 mm-hmm. of our final top 10, I'm still struggling with Lilo and Stitch. Uh, get at it. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not to make it lower on my list. Oh, I'm okay. Making, just like, right. like I'm still struggling. I because it was. I have it was had two, numerous right? conversations. Yeah, because it, it was my number two. I've had numerous conversations with other people outside the podcast. I've had conversations with UTC. I've mm-hmm. had conversations with my girlfriend Meg. And the lot, like the more and like the more time I think about it, or the more I think about it, and the more time that has passed, I have struggled with. The fact that I made it number two, even though I know I said it, I made it like a very close to. Yeah. Because Tangled was number one. I love Tangled so much. And Lilo and Stitch, this was like the second time I had watched it. And Mm -hmm. I think that kind of threw me for a little bit of a loop. And I I wish I had seen it more. I have since gone back and watched it again. And it's starting to kind of change my opinion a little bit like I'm really thinking about it now. So that's the that's the those are the two big ones. And unfortunately they were ones that have happened in the last like fifteen episodes of this list. Yeah. The earlier ones I'm okay with where they are, <laughs> unfortunately. Well Thomas <laughs> sound rude about it. Thomas did ask, uh, when will we see the hunchback of Notre Dame fan edit? And then he asked again later, <laughs> No, really, 
Were you serious about the Hunchback and Notre Dame fan edit? If so, can I? When can I expect it in my inbox? <laughs> I do want to do it. I do want to get. I actually, I started trying to get a, a digital copy of the film. Uh, so because I a do want to. F- there's a possibility, Thomas. They, they, the fan edits do take some time to do because I, I want to make sure they work. Um, you know, they work well and that the story still makes sense. Because mm-hmm. I mean, the the my episode. Star Wars Episode Two fan edit took like months to do, and uh, Episode Three only got done faster because TC helped. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, I did. it was but, a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, it was still a lot of fun, but yeah, no, no don't worry, Thomas. It, it will happen someday. Mm. Um, I just don't know when, but I do want to do that fan edit of it because I think it'll be fun. <laughs> uh, well, so con- thank you, Thomas. <laughs> c- continuing on this, uh, what has been the biggest surprise, both good and bad, uh, for you? Uh, I, I'm going to jump real quick mm. and say the biggest surprise for bad is just how much Jeff dislikes Jungle Book. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, the biggest good surprise was Bolt. I really did not expect yes. us to, to, go ba- to go back to Bolt and like it as much as we did was really surprising to me. And, uh, yeah, um, it was, this, it was the, the end of an era and the beginning of a new one, the CG transition that we saw grow out of that. It was a lot of fun, and, and, I'm, and that was a big surprise to me how much more I liked Bolt than I initially had. So that would, that would be my answer there. <laughs> um, for me, the biggest surprise good was, I, I, I completely agree with you, TC. Bolt, I, seriously, I, I thought Bolt was, I, I went into that list going, well, Bolt's going to be number 10 on mine because that's a stupid movie. <laughs> so I do agree with that. But that's not my biggest surprise for good. My biggest surprise for good, believe it or not, was the fact that I really liked Cinderella. Really? Guys, okay. I really <laughs> liked that movie. And I think I'd seen Cinderella maybe like two or three times as a kid. Mm-hmm. But dang, did I like that movie. And it's so beautiful. And it just, I really liked it. And yeah. I never thought I'd like Cinderella. <laughs> oh, man, that just, it no, was weird. You're, you're, I'm sorry. You're not weird. wrong. I think that I, <laughs> I may or may not have something to say about Cinderella later. But, uh, <laughs> oh, spoilers, TC. Um, oh, did, my goodness. I can't a, believe you. Did you have a bad surprise? That. <laughs> Well, like, what is the definition of bad surprise? Like, is it a surprise of how bad... Oh, this movie was way worse. It's Ben. It's Ben from Treasure Island, or Treasure Planet. It's Ben from... (laughs) You know what? I think it's Ben from Treasure Planet, (laughs) because I didn't think... I didn't think... Because that movie was going well so... It was going along so well, and then he shows up, and it's... I can't believe they put this in this movie. (laughs) There you go. Where was the second person? So, yeah, I I, I agree. That is... Actually, that goes to Kaylee Hallister asked us... What is the absolute bottom of this library? What's what is the worst of the worst? And oh. we we didn't make a bottom ten. We didn't make no. a. We, and we don't. I can actually list what I think is the bottom of the barrel here. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm curious, Jeff, if you had an answer to this question, what do you think is the bottom? Bottom, absolute, hands down. And this is including some of those like lesser quality, not all, but some of the lesser quality package films. Mm-hmm. Hashtag package Hashtag films. Package from, films. The early, <laughs> from the early days. <laughs> it's the final episode, guys. We have to get that in. We have to get all of our things in. Um, but it includes a lot of those, and it includes the ones where it's just like, you just slap two different shorts together, and mm-hmm. eh, it was fine. It includes The Jungle Book, but that's not that's the bottom book. for me. yeah. yeah. Home on the Range is still the is still the bottom of this this list. It is the movie that just missed the mark on like every level. I in 
and also it also includes like Dinosaur. Dinosaur was like still a kind of a weird movie that went well, but there was still still good moments in Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Home on the Range was just like Disney was literally just going, I don't know, does this work? Does nobody just throw ideas in? We don't care at this point. <laughs> And that uh, yep. is the worst Disney movie that they had produced. I, I, I think that the hat trick of Brother Bear, Home on the Range, and Chicken Little is a very dark period in, yes. in the Disney library. But I, I too... Darker I, than the actual dark period of this. <laughs> uh, Home on the Range is... Uh, Home on the Range is really not good. And it's and it's, no. it's so forgettable. And that's taken into consideration a lot of the other movies. But really... It, even the amount of mileage we got out of that movie is worth is worth <laughs> makes it worth something. I think the worst movie in this library is Dinosaur. It's so Ooh, it's really? so forgettable. There's nothing in it that's visually appealing. Even having the score done by uh, Hans Zimmer, it's that's the most forgettable film because I can't even say much more to it than that. Yes, I remember the characters' names. I could list them. Someone else said. Can you name name three characters from Aristocats? I can, but that's just because I'm I'm I racist can... cat, main cat, and racist cat number two. Those are the three I came up with, guys. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say <laughs> dinosaur. Also, thank you, Nathan H, for that question about the Aristocats. Oh yeah, that's what that was. Thank you. I was gonna look that yes. up real quick. You're welcome. I was I was looking through it. Uh, but well, TC, there's I, a I, what's what? Oh no, go ahead, go. No, 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 sorry, no, no, no. Well, I was going to say this might be a perfect opportunity to to go to our 10. I think it would be. Actually, I was going to work on it in a segue somehow. I think this is a perfect time, TC. Um, All right. So first off, I I just want to say I do have three honorable mentions. Okay. I did honorable mentions as well, so fair enough. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, Because I really struggled hard because I I thought about these movies and I just – I was like, ah, but I, I couldn't put them in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to list off our honorable mentions first, or do you want to just like just yeah. quickly name them? F- or, fire okay. off your honorable mentions, and then I'll fire off mine. And then and then how about we go back and forth, 10-1-10-1-10-1-10-1. Perfect. Yeah. So you, you hit, you, here, I'll do my honorable mentions, you do your honorable mentions, and I'll hit number 10. There we go. Sounds good. <laughs> totally something we could have decided before we started recording, but that's just the but way you know it what? is, folks. <laughs> you guys know how this works. This is how we totally are right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, well, I, I will ask real quick, do you have any explanation for your honorable mentions, or are you just going to say what they are? Um, f- I I have a very, very brief okay. explanation okay. for them, but it's, yeah, it's, like, we'll, it's a sentence we'll, long. We'll keep it brief because, because yep. uh, we have a lot of roads still to cover, and I don't care yes. that this is going to be a two-hour episode. You deserve nothing less, dear listeners. Okay, <laughs> honorable mentions huh? for me. Now these are I'm putting I put these in order of release, so then I can't say like, oh, you liked one more than the other. Um, right. And I made my top ten, and then I I just put all the movies that I would consider putting on my top ten, and then hemmed and hawed for like a week, all week I've been trying to figure out what my ten are going to be, and these are the ones that didn't necessarily make the cut, but are definitely worth being honorable mentions. These movies. <laughs> These are what I consider some of the best of all time. The 10 I picked and these honorable mentions, whether it's because what they meant to me or what they or what I feel they meant to the medium as a whole. So my honorable mentions, first up is Cinderella. This is okay. the one that locked oh, okay. so many standards of not just this library, but the animated genre of fantasy, of, of princess movies. Cinderella uh, is 
the first. I know Snow White's the first princess, but Cinderella set the standard. Uh, next up would be Robin Hood. This was formative in my love for adventure and daring rogues. Robin Hood is a brilliant hero, and somehow, no matter how many times people try, no one can match the quality of this movie. There is no better Robin Hood. You can't say Prince of Thieves. You can't say Men in Tights. You can't say Russell Crowe's. And probably not the... I uh, can't say Men in Tights. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next up, I will mention 101 Dalmatians. The cultural society subtext of this movie, the strength of Pongo and Perdita's relationship, it has one of the all-time villains. Uh, I, I love 101 Dalmatians. Um, the, uh, next up, okay, so these these last two people are going to be mad that they didn't make in the top ten, but again, this is above <laughs> all the other ones, okay? So please. <laughs> uh, I'm That's giving, true. Remember, it's 56 movies, yeah, guys. <laughs> and these were really hard to, to, to cut. Well, this one in particular was hard to cut. Mulan, as an honorable mention. I... Listen to the episode. I clearly have adoration for this film. It is the sum total of the Renaissance. It has the charm, and it it has the charm and is more accessible than the ones that are trying to balance the deeper aspects of what the you know Hunchback and Pocahontas. And it it may not have the commercial appeal of the peak Ren films, but I think that's due in large part of the to the risk that the movie was the fresh outlook from a brand new animation team out of a brand new studio in Florida. Uh, and I love Mulan as a character. I love, uh, make a man out of you in reflections. And it's the last time Eddie Murphy was good. <laughs> and my last honorable mention, True. this, this is quite possibly a modern masterpiece, but only time is going to tell for this to, if it's going to stand out alongside the other films, um, that immediately spring to mind when you think of, of these movies decades later. It quite possibly could be, I just haven't existed with this movie enough. I'm putting Moana as an honorable mention. So there are my honorable Ooh, mentions. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. So I, there you go. Jeff, quick, go. Let people listen to you okay. now. <laughs> All right, so here's mine. I only have three honorable mentions for my list, though. Um, and it was, it, was, it was complicated to pick, to put some of these in here, but obviously with our limitation as to having six prior to this, I, 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 I could, I had to at least mention them. So, um, these are not in any particular order. These are just in order of what I thought of them. Uh, number one would have been Hunchback of Notre Dame. As I previously mentioned, the Broadway influenced musical number, um, see Jeff's comment about seven and a half minutes ago in this episode. <laughs> um, number two would be three caballeros because oh, yeah. you I'm sorry. That movie, yeah. I, I loved that movie so much as a child. That bird right there. <laughs> See, guys, we're bringing everything back. We're bringing everything back. That's what we're doing. Um, but the, but And also, I kind of think it was probably one of the better package films that we got. Mm-hmm. One of the better. Not the best, but mm-hmm. one of the better ones. Uh, and then finally, The Rescuers Down Under. Really? Oh, because, yeah, because it, it was mention. one of it was what was it the first sequel mm-hmm. that Disney had in our list, and I thought it did an okay job considering it was a sequel to the original film. Plus, I mean, John Candy. <laughs> I was going to say guys. Joanna and the egg scene, but ah, <laughs> oh, yes, Joanna and the eggs. Oh, great, so great honorable mm-hmm. mentions. All right, so let's so. let's dive in to our top ten. So our top ten is the six number one movies that we each put in our in our rounds, right? And four wildcard card slots that we could that we could fill with any movie we felt deserved to be in contention for the top 10. This list 
is ever-changing and even mm-hmm. altered before we recorded. I made a change. Yes. Uh, this, this library... This library of films is for everyone. Every mood, every emotion, and any given one day, one of these movies could be number one. Maybe not all the movies, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but of all of them, these are my favorites. And honestly, there may or may not be one or two of these number ones that I would have bumped. But rules is rules. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Yep. So yep. Keep, keep that in mind when considering what I put in the honorable mentions. I'm not trying to slight any of the movies I put in my number 10. But there you have it. Ready, Jeff? Ready, TC. Number 10. I'm going to go first here. Mm. Okay. Yes. Lady and the Tramp. Ooh. I stand by this movie being one of the biggest pop cultural, having one of the biggest pop cultural impacts. I defy you to eat spaghetti and not want to do the spaghetti. This is one of the true. One of the most romantic movies. <laughs> and, also true. And I don't think people realize just how romantic this movie is. And it's... Alongside 101 Dalmatians, this is a definitive pet movie. I think 101 and Lady and the Tramp are the definitive pet movies. Anyone else who tries to do a movie with a cat or a movie with a dog, they're looking at at Lady and the Tramp and 101 Dalmatians. Uh, But on a technical level, Lady and the Tramp to this day is gorgeous. I know we say that about all these movies, but honestly... It, it especially for being 2D, especially for the the hand painted backgrounds and the hand drawn uh, frame by frame. It's not a Xerox film. It's they took yep. no shortcuts with it. It's the last truly produced without shortcuts movie. And so, Lady and Trap is my number ten. Go, Jeff. Awesome. My number ten guys would be Pinocchio. Uh, because I had to put it somewhere on the list. Uh, <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just joking. Just joking. Um, the I, I, Pinocchio is my number ten solely because of the the the, the revolutionary steps in just quality that Disney went to went through from Snow White to this film. Mm-hmm. In between those two movies, which I think was what only like wasn't it? Uh, it was three years or. Yeah, like two and a half years or so, three years between Snow White and Pinocchio. The quality of the film, the quality of the animation, of the of the the music, the voice acting, all that stuff, just light years uh, uh, jumped ahead, and that just sh- proves like that Disney was trying their hardest back then, and came up with a good film. Again, another one of those films where there's so many of the pieces of the music in this that are just part of pop culture. I got no strings on me. And again, as we previously mentioned, when you wish upon a star, mm-hmm. it's hard to not like, re- you know, recognize the, the awesomeness that that film number two on the list <laughs> has for everything going forward on this list. So that's my number 10 and, Pinocchio. And it is also my number nine. <laughs> Ooh! All these years later, this film is still astounding. The, the, the artistry that has accomplished nearly 80 years ago is just extraordinary. And everything Jeff said, uh, I wholeheartedly agree with that. So Pinocchio is my number nine. Awesome. My number nine is Cinderella. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, I put Cinderella at my number nine. Kind of um, uh, a lot of the same things that you were discussing, uh, because you you had brought it up in your honorable mention, is one of your honorable mentions, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, and as I was kind of previously mentioned before about like one of my biggest surprises, I just remember that movie was just it's just so beautiful. It's so pretty. Like I love the animation style of that film. I love that because I think it was another one of those. Uh, 
I think it was like a like a like a vista like a vista scope or something like that. Um, uh, just like a real super widescreen film, and I liked the music and I liked the performance and I liked kind of the change of the characters that we had um, from the the like or what we would expect some of the characters to be from what we had prior to that in uh-huh. the fr- or in the uh, the series uh, or in the list. And uh, yeah, it was. I just it's my number nine because it's really because it's so pretty. <laughs> I just I think it's so pretty. I like it. I'll allow it. Yay! <laughs> um, uh, I, I will. I've already made my feelings known about Cinderella. I love that movie and yes, wholeheartedly. I'm happy to see that it made it in your top ten. Uh, my, my top ten. My number eight, Wreck It Ralph. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. Rarely, and this. I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie, Jeff. I. I. This was the one I moved just before we started recording, <laughs> <laughs> and it'll. It would probably move again. Uh, but rarely have we seen. Such a complex cast of characters developed so thoroughly. Ralph, Penelope, Felix, Calhoun, and King Candy. Those those five characters, there's so much we know about them over the course of this film. The rewatchability of this movie, the attention to detail in the script and the design, the the homage, the the comedy, the the drama of Ralph's sacrifice in the end. If if the revival is a collection of characters changing themselves in worlds that aren't going to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's if it's a collection of heroes willing to sacrifice themselves specifically for love, um, then Ralph is the poster boy for this era of films. I know someone would argue that Anna and Elsa represent that better, but I, I, I feel what Ralph overcomes, the journey he goes on. Additionally, the four other characters and their journeys of self-discovery as well make this movie amazing and and it's such an accomplishment f- to to see this movie exist after all the movies that have existed before it uh to be this risky video game movie uh to be cg to not, not I, I know i i said it felt very pixar but seeing the revival era as a whole it stands out and yeah so that's that's my number eight <laughs> It's funny, TC, that you would put that as your number eight because yeah. it is also my number eight. Hey, look at that. That's great. <laughs> uh, you bring up a lot of good points. You bring up a lot of good points. The Pixar one is the big one that I wanted to just, I wanted to comment on because it's, Wreck-It Ralph is from that era where obviously it's it's post-Disney buying Pixar mm-hmm. and it's Pixar for those years beforehand just showing basically going like showing Disney hey this is how you make a good animated film with uh with 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 emotion behind it with good characters and it took Disney that long and obviously some help from Pixar people themselves <laughs> uh, to a degree with like Lasseter but it took them that long and they finally nailed a lot of those aspects, except for those like two poop jokes, um, of what made Pixar movies good um, repeatedly, because this was after Tangled, so it would have been it wasn't just a fluke that Tangled was a great film. We it was a, it was a couple movies later, and we get Wreck It Ralph, and you can really see like yes, Pixar knows or sorry, Disney knows what they're doing now. Oops, yeah. slip of the tongue <laughs> that they know what they're doing now, and I just I love the world, I love the concept of the story. I know it's not entirely original, but it's it's a lot original. I like that early kind of cross from like 
like, hey, everything lives in the same world, the same universe. Mm-hmm. We're going to come back to that. We'll guys. come back to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I liked that about it. And it just, yeah, it's, it's, it's number eight on my list just because it's mostly just a really fun film. Mm-hmm. I really like Reggett Ralph. <laughs> So that's my number eight as well, TC. Excellent. Cool. Uh, All right. Well, my number seven is The Lion King. Ew. This movie is a masterpiece. This is is Mm -hmm. one of the finest movies Disney has ever made. And and though it's not higher, I acknowledge that this is the peak of the Disney library on nearly every level. Uh, There... Mm -hmm. This this is a formative movie and for for the era that it came out with, being the Renaissance uh, uh, part of the Renaissance era. I think it's a formative movie in the discussion of 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 the first time many of us experienced death so dramatically on screen. It wasn't just a random person getting blown away. It was Mufasa mm-hmm. dying before his son at the hands of his brother, and it's it, it's I don't feel like I praised it enough when we did the review because I genuinely, this movie means a lot to me uh, for nostalgia purposes and from from filmmaking and technical standpoint, from the music, from the voice acting. Uh, I, I think Lion King is, is easily one of the, one of the best in this library. And that's why it's my number seven. There you go. Awesome. Interesting. I don't well, my number seven TC also dealing with animals, if yeah. you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not the Lion King, though. Okay. But my number seven is um, is one we've already kind of mentioned just recently here while we were just talking, but it's Lady and the Tramp. Oh, excellent. Wow, that's uh, amazing. <laughs> right? Right? Uh, so it's funny how we've managed to talk about a lot of these movies that are on these lists, <laughs> but uh, just not in the context of this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lady and the Tramp was my uh, was 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 your number one. On, uh, <laughs> which makes it me makes me kind of wonder that it's gonna be, no, oh. um, but yeah. So, <laughs> I I I all the same. Man, I feel like a broken record. I just keep being like, oh yeah, all the same records TC said. But <laughs> I just I oh I love the emotion mm-hmm. that they were able to convey, animated, mind you, but convey between the two main characters. I mm-hmm. love that. I felt like they loved each other, mm-hmm. and I just. And the beauty of that film, and that that's that's enough of a reason for me. It's my number se- it's my number seven because of that. So just for so the record, we have picked the same four movies so far, <laughs> <laughs> just in a yes. different order. Uh, you in a different order. You have picked the Lion King. Oh, oh, right, my right. right. Lion, so my Lion King La- is not in my. Lady the Tramp, Pinocchio, and Wreck It Ralph, and you've had Lady the Tramp, Pinocchio, and Wreck It Ralph. Yes, and then I have Lion King. Okay. Um, all right, so number six for me, <clears throat> Beauty and the Beast. Oh, the the soundtrack. Oh, don't boo me. Six out of fifty-six <laughs> <No>. <laughs> is pretty good. <laughs> That's true. I know. I was just giving you crap. The soundtrack of this movie, <laughs> the art, the characters, Belle as as a a much more complex princess than we had seen up to this point. The fact that this movie invented this movie invented a new category at the Academy Awards because people couldn't believe that a kids movie would be a, a cartoon could be nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> this. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast is definitive Disney, and and I, I would I would be shocked if Beauty and the Beast wasn't on. Uh, if if Disney if Beauty and the Beast was omitted from people's best of list, I'd be shocked because because it is this is 
as much as I just praised Lion King, I think Beauty the Beast even more so. And it may be just because there's humans in it as opposed to lions and animals. Um, Mm -hmm. But Beauty and the Beast is hands down one of the one of the greatest of all time and and not just in this library but in animated f- films in general and it's and yeah there you go beating the beast <laughs> which i'm sure this is going to be the- on jeff's list everyone it has to be it was one of his number ones so the question is where does it end up on his list oh wouldn't it be great if i somehow managed to find a way for it to not be on my list would, just to yeah. mess with like, everybody <laughs> <laughs> so, um okay well my number six this is very fitting tc mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. and you'll know why literally in two seconds when mm-hmm. i say the title my number six is the little mermaid ah okay <laughs> Um, Little Mermaid number six. Okay, so this is when it it already my my top five changed a handful of times, and then it continued to push movies lower on my list, <laughs> unfortunately. But the Little Mermaid number six. Come on, guys! It's the it's the start of the new Disney Renaissance, that new era of Disney films. It's the first film where Disney went a new direction with its with its music, with its voice casting, with its animation style, just with who the 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 composers, everything, the writing behind it. It it started an era that a lot of people of like our generation that's their earliest memories of films is the little mermaid and those, you know, those at early generation. And I really like to think that if the little mermaid had not been so successful mm-hmm. and so just perfect at what it did, it wouldn't, we wouldn't have had a lot of those other movies like, like beauty and the beast and Aladdin and all oh, that. So no way. it's, yeah. it, it goes to show cause we still had the rescuers down under that came out after it. So they were already working on, well, if this one doesn't work, we have another one, maybe this one will work. Mm-hmm. So it just it it's the start of that new era that catapulted Disney far, far into the stratosphere. And uh, yeah, it's my number six. And it's my number five. <laughs> and and though I Wow, though I number love, five, T C yeah, though I wow, love Beauty and the okay. Beast, and Little Mermaid was my number one in that chunk of films when we watched it, and and I love Beauty and the Beast. And maybe it's nostalgia playing playing it playing a role here in Little Mermaid's mm-hmm. position on here, but Little Mermaid brings me endless joy. Uh, from from Ar- Ariel herself and the the very fairy tale journey she goes on. Uh, Eric as as this pretty cool prince. Uh, Scuttle is the exact proper amount of insane goofy sidekick, and Sebastian <laughs> is the most proactive sidekick and mentor we have. And and on a list of Disney songs people choose to sing, Part of Your World is on every list, right? Come on, right? Yeah, pretty much, uh, pretty much. And and everything Jeff just said, this was the the gateway into literally what Disney thinks. When people think of Disney, this is literally what they think of. They think of this era of movies. And and yes, I have, what, three Renaissance films in my on this list so far. Uh, Little Mermaid was a gateway into into what Disney is. They've, they, if, if they hadn't already solidified themselves in pop culture, it was Little Mermaid kicked off what, what put Disney exactly in the position it is. So Little Mermaid's number, my number five. And while you go on to your number five, Jeff, I'm gonna do a little. Uh, I'm gonna do a little uh, singing just quietly to myself. Oh, oh, good, oh, good. Well, it's good. It's going against the the music or the the movie I was gonna pick here, basically. But okay, we'll do it. My number five, I guess. This is weird because you maybe sing something in oh. Elvis uh, yeah. fashion for my number five. That'd we be great can to see. go on together. Oh. 
We're suspicious. Wait, really? Lilo and Stitch? <laughs> Lilo and Stitch is my number five. I was going to wait to see how long it took you to realize what I was saying. Lilo and Stitch. Guys, Lilo and Stitch is my number five. Really? I told you earlier. Yes. I'm, I'm happy, happily surprised by this. <laughs> I told you earlier that I've had, that it's been my biggest, like, ah, man, maybe I was wrong about ranking it where I did. <laughs> um, but we could not, I didn't want to change because because Lilo and Stitch is not one of my was not one of my top one films mm-hmm. was not one of my you know number ones I I couldn't rank it higher than other films um, that were number ones in a particular way you'll understand in a minute um, <laughs> but but no Lilo let me just say this Lilo and Stitch I I appreciate what Lilo and Stitch was because Lilo and Stitch was while still a Disney film and still a movie about aliens coming to Earth, <laughs> you know when it really you know when it kind of came down to it. But as at its core, at its core though it it was a film that focused heavily on the importance of family. Yeah, and oh, I God. felt like it. Re- <laughs> oh. Mm, don't make me cry again. You're gonna make me think of the scene when he's just in the woods by himself saying "lost," and it makes me sad every time. <laughs> <laughs> but like it focused so, and we and we've had movies about families and you know and brothers and sisters and stuff like that and, and and love between two characters we've had that before but the the f- the the family love between between the, the the two sisters in it was done so well and so realistically that you believe that they're sisters mm-hmm. and it that it's that is at the core of the film. It's all about love. And it's all about family, and you know, yeah. bringing in Stitch, who is this complete outsider who has who has no reason to you know no 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 need to be a part of this world, and they still kind of accept him as one of their own, and kind of you know like there's a love there. I just I love the theme about love <laughs> uh, in the movie and. I it had to be on my list. Yeah. Because that is all stuff that I have really come to terms with and understanding of since we've watched the film. I've <laughs> I get what it was doing especially in the era that it came out in when we had these other movies that 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 was not at the forefront. It was still kind of fantastical and fantasy and but to have love be its core and family be its core, you, you can't you can't not have that on the list. Sorry. No. So my number 5 is Lilo and Stitch DC. I I I'm not surprised to see it on your list. I am surprised that it's my number four. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know why I was going to go into the Lion King there I'll, for a second. I'll, but. I'll be very brief because Jeff just you, you said it so well. Uh, Leland and Stitch. This movie, it has a tenderness and a silliness and a look that sets it apart from pretty much everything in this library. And, and though, and though it might not feel gigantic, right? It might not feel cinematic. Mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful story about a little monster and a little outcast, and it's just heart meltingly perfect. And the the Aloha Oi moment where uh, Nani sings to Lilo on the night she's going to, before she's going to be taken away is so beautiful and sad. Uh, Stitch out in the woods after learning about the ugly ducking, duckling and just saying lost. <laughs> no. Like I'm I'm no. literally choking up thinking about it now. That movie is Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, everything and the Elvis soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's my number four. 
Ah, oh, fascinating. Well, I didn't. I didn't mean to like uh, you know steal any of your thunder there. TZ, no, no. But, this uh, is I. I am. <laughs> it's funny because our wild cards have proven to be similar. <laughs> so it's just right. neat that we we are of like mind, and and whether that's because of the conversations we've had that swayed us to to meet at an agreement on things, or if we just are cut from the same cloth, or or these movies are just that good. It's just uh, it's neat that we've managed to pick very similar movies so far. So, uh, what's your number <laughs> which, four? Which I do feel like, if, just real quick, I feel like if anybody who's listened to this entire series understands that we've kind of always had the same opinions on most of these films. <laughs> yeah. uh, really not boring. On purpose, it just kind of happened. Really boring <laughs> podcasting, tell you the truth. Just two people agreeing <laughs> with each other incessantly. It's just be like, yeah, uh, and for an hour and a half, mind you, sometimes. <laughs> and that's why we've given you right. this blowout final episode. All right, Jeff, what's your exactly. four? Exactly. No- Gang, my number four, solidly number four, Tangled. What? Oh my gosh. Number four. Number four. Okay. All right. Tangled Just let your four. mind wander on what's coming up next. You, okay. You've defied my <laughs> expectations. Thank you. <laughs> Tangled is my number four. Originally, when I first started making the list, was number one. Mm-hmm. Okay. But as time went through, yes, you heard that right. Number one, guys. Mm. Um, but it's not, obviously, it's number four. I love Tangled. I love Tangled so much. I love the songs in it. I love the animation in it. It was the first CG film that they were able to find how to animate a CG character as if it was a 2D hand-drawn character. Mm-hmm. They were able to get those facial expressions, those beats, those moments, those poses of the body, those just there's so much from a technical and comedic standpoint of that movie that I loved. And then you have the you have a great voice acting by the by the actors, but it it really came down to, hey, look, we can we can emulate but improve upon that style that was perfected years ago with hand-drawn animation Mm -hmm. we could do it in this movie (laughs) and it just it exceeded all my expectations when i first saw it and it still continues to do so so that's it's my number four number four number four ladies and gentlemen all right so i move on to my number three now here's my top three this was tough we always talk about in our rankings just how razor thin some of the margins are about placing some of these movies and uh and I, I, I'm being defensive in my choices here, but I guess you're making such good <laughs> arguments for yours, Jeff. Uh, mm. But my number three is Aladdin. Oh! So, Robin Williams, uh, Magic Carpet and A Whole New World, uh, Jafar, uh, the, just the imagining being able to have a magic lamp and have three wishes. Uh the memories I have of watching this in theaters with my parents and watching it over and over again as a little kid uh, over the years. And and yes, this now makes four Renaissance films on this on this list of ten. And yes, that really pinpoints the most influential years of Disney on me. But come on, this is this was the most influential era for the company and pop culture. So I'm not out of my mind here that I'm picking Aladdin <laughs> as 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 putting in my top 3. And I I quote this movie all the time. Well, I quote pretty much all the movies on this at least on this 10. Um and and there's there's certainly some nostalgia as I said and there's certainly some personal connection that I have with this movie. Uh and it's and it's doing part doing large part to Robin Williams as I I love that man. And 
his his loss to me Mm -hmm. as as a creative person as as someone who struggles the way robin williams and and many creative people and many people do yeah um means means he means the world to me or meant the world to me and his his placement in this library as playing genie and getting to just be himself so thoroughly uh it means a lot to me and i know that aladdin doesn't strike the same chord with a lot of people that genie as a character doesn't strike the same chord as people as it does with some people but for for those reasons for a whole new world being one of my go-to karaoke songs i i love singing that with the people I care about, whether it's a friend or, or my girlfriend, or uh, it's just that, that song being, being so much of what it is. And and all the songs in this, in this, in this movie as well, uh, put this movie solidly in my heart in, in the, in the top of, of all these movies. So there's my number three. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, it's funny, TC. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Is it your number three as well? <laughs> it's it's my number three as well. I'm not even kidding. Uh, it's funny though because Aladdin was neither of our number ones. Yeah, it was um, our... that was round four. Uh, it was it was my number two. It was your number three. But so much of what you just said was very much so along was 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 yeah was very much so how i feel i mean when robin passed i i found a piece of artwork online of him that i bought and had framed and has been hanging on my wall since like he was such a part of my life as a kid through tv shows and through movies i mean yeah i grew up watching the original popeye live action popeye movie with him (laughs) in it okay that that, which is not a really good film at all but i watched that all the time (laughs) as a kid but yeah, Aladdin Aladdin was that first big it's it's the first Disney movie I have memories of seeing in theaters like animated films mm-hmm. in theaters. I remember going to see it. I remember just loving it and loving the soundtrack. I remember going out and buying the cassette after, you know, like the soundtrack on cassette for the and I have that thing still. It's somewhere in my box of stuff. But that film was just this like very rare occurrence of a perfect voice cast. And I've said this before, but like a perfect voice cast and great songs and it cement, it helps just reinforce that, that new Renaissance era. Basically TC, you said it the best. You, you honestly said it the best and I do not want to step in your toes. I do fully agree with everything you said. Um, going up to this point, I, it's, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't in good faith because that was my favorite movie as a kid. Same here. Until I got into high school (laughs) or until I got into like middle school and then it kind of slowly became Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. And as the years have gone by, like Beauty and the Beast is just is amazing. But (laughs) I will never hesitate to turn on Aladdin. Never. Not at once. It's a I will put Aladdin on if it's on. I'll watch it. (laughs) It was it was a very formative movie for me. And and mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad we can agree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's let's lighten things up now, huh? Let's go to our number two. All right, man. I'm really curious, TC. I'm I'm not gonna lie. These last couple are <laughs> <laughs> this this it, this list will forever change, and this is just where I am right now. But mm-hmm. pure comedy. There is no more perfect homage 
to the love about Looney Tunes, the love of Are you the, serious of DC? what I love about Looney Tunes <laughs> as a movie. This this Emperor's New Groove is how you pay tribute to the history of animated comedies without being derivative. Okay, this the 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 style of comedy that Emperor's New Groove has is Looney Tunes. It's Chuck Jones. It's it's Tex Avery, and I. It's Three Stooges, and that was the comedy that formed my sense of humor. With my dad and my grandfather watching Looney Tunes and Three Stooges, Emperor's New Groove is 100% comedy. It's an homage to that. The fact that it exists is an, an, is an anomaly for what it was supposed to be, the fact that it even got made, the fact that it got made in the time that it was made, the vo- the perfection of the voice casting. I mean, Jeff, you picked Kronk as like the best sidekick. There's so much about this movie that is just so funny and so fun and with with being so unique at the same time like honestly if edgar wright made an animated movie it would be something like this because it would be yep. a, a unique way of homaging what he loves right edgar wright makes bad boys out of it makes hot fuzz and that's an homage to the action movies he makes don uh, shawn of the dead and obviously that's zombies and and he makes uh, invasion of the body snatchers and he makes bullets his own way and right the emperor's new groove is the greatest modern looney tunes that we have looney tunes defined me it defined my sense of cartoons and comedy as much as calvin and Hobbes did uh and i'm saying that this is the equivalent of of that sort of homage and i can't not watch that movie and laugh and i love watching this movie with other people listen to our episode we love talking about this movie and though it may not be as influential as the other movies i've listed it may not be as as tech tech, on any sort of technical achievement in terms of 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 how it was animated uh i love this movie and i'm making it my number two Well, continuing the trend of DC and I being the yes. same person, it only makes New sense. Is mine number two. <laughs> it does, right? Okay, come on, everybody at home, let this just take the ten seconds and realize what this it needed to be number two. Play along, on, guys. <laughs> Play along. You knew where, you know this is going. Um, number two. This movie was the movie that I, I can look at it, and especially having watched these 56 films in order, you can definitely see this was Disney. And again, we've discussed the fact that like they had an entire different film that they completely threw out at like the 11th hour and then crammed and made, <laughs> made this, this film. Yeah. <laughs> and that, first off, that alone is worthy enough for this movie to be on my top 10 list because of what they came up with. Because this film could have been another Home on the Range that was just... Yeah. Random ideas thrown together that were terrible, but it didn't. They somehow managed to find the right balance of, of the jokes. This this movie is a Disney movie that that starts to follow tropes of Disney movies and then goes, "Mm, no, let's make fun of that instead. (laughs) Like, or let's make a joke, or let's wink at the audience repeatedly. Let's, Mm. you know, like just. There's so much about this movie that I love because it is a anti-Disney movie without it being a hating Disney movie. It's just a, yeah, look, we know we're a movie. Meh. Like, <laughs> like I love that. I love that they are they are characters that are aware that they are in a narrative and in a movie. The fact that, you know, narrator, um, um, not Kronk, uh, narrator, 
Kuzco like talks to himself, <laughs> you know, or like, or sorry, in scene Kuzco talks to the narrator Kuzco to tell him to shut up. <laughs> like I like that. Or like Kuzco stops the film and like steps in front of the movie to to like address the audience. Or, I love stuff like that. That is so entertaining. It's so well done. And yes, just like TC said, I I will never fail. If I ever just want something fun and light and happy to watch, I will throw on Emperor's New Groove because, and it's always funny. I laugh every time I watch this film, and it's a testament to a movie that's 18 years old. Wow, you know, that's old enough to that's old enough to vote, by the way, for you American <laughs> you American listeners. But like the fact that it's 18 years old and it's still funny, and I've seen it so many times, it's still enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It's number two, number not two. even a question, <laughs> not even a question. TC, uh, yes. What is your number one movie? Well, if anyone played along, they're going to be able to figure it out based on what number ones I haven't listed yet. Uh, <laughs> I This top ten was really hard to make. The honorable mentions prove it. Uh, I, I love movies as a form of escapism. I love the mm-hmm. joy that movies bring, particularly these movies and the, the allowing myself to, to just disappear into the worlds that these movies create to have such an affection and a history with so many of these movies in my lifetime that whether I know it or not defined a lot of of who I am. And though I'm picking this as my number one, it's it's because it's so... There was Disney before Tangled, and there was Disney after Tangled. <laughs> and I know that might sound hyperbolic, but there is no cynicism in this in the 50th film in this library. It has no cynicism in how it sends up the tropes of the past. It it only has love for what came before, and it it found a way to make the CG feel like 2D in a very short amount of time, jumping into CGI. Uh, the and the story is no longer just once upon a time. Here's how the princess gets the the prince fairy tale. There's a depth here, and it and it takes into consideration that the movie watching world knows all the tricks at this point and they won't accept the same old thing anymore but at the same time it has no pretense about the fact that it is a fairy tale and it's just telling it with such a fresh perspective and an honest to goodness love and tenderness that came from the original movies in this library the amount of work and effort that went into tangled is on a level that that Walt himself would would want to have seen uh, the the comedy much like we were just discussing with Emperor's New Groove. I think the comedy Entangled works on a level that very few of these movies have have attempted nor achieved. The characters are all endearing. Even even the even yeah Pascal even Mother Gothel. There's there's such uniqueness about it. And the animation and all that combination into amalgamation of everything that Disney has ever done right is is entangled it may not mean as much to me because it hasn't existed as long but Mm -hmm. i especially watching this library in the order in order to me tangled is my number one movie so there you go do i even need to list my number one guys (laughs) you can be brief i'll know what i'll be you know what guys I am going to be brief because I feel like over the course of this podcast, even before we watched it, I was talking and praising about it. I'm pretty positive I mentioned it a handful of times before we got to it. 
my number one, of course, everybody say it with me, is <laughs> Beauty, Beauty and, the, and Beast. the Beast is number one. Thank you very much, everybody. You all know my feelings about it. Yes, I'm well aware a lot of it is nostalgia. A lot of it is just, it's it's a comfort movie. It makes me feel good. I love the music. I love the characters. I love the story. I just, I love the animation. There's so much about it that's so good. And again, you know, as 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 you previously mentioned, it was the movie where they, they needed to make a new uh, category at the Academy Awards. <laughs> yep. That's got to mean something, right? And it went on to be on Broadway for ages. I think it was one of the first, wasn't it like the first Disney movie to be adapted into a Broadway play? Because I think it beat well out maybe. Lion King. Yeah. Um, but like, I remember, I remember it just going on and just, it was a part of, Part of the world. That's Little Mermaid. No pun intended. <laughs> wrong movie. But it was such a part. <laughs> wrong movie. Um, uh, but it was such a part of just pop culture for so long. I just I can't. It it, it it's hands down number one. I just it it was gonna be hands. It was gonna be number one from the get go. It was always gonna be number one. I know that. Despite what I said we earlier all when know I said this. that I started this list, <laughs> everybody knew it was gonna be my number one. And there you go. That is my top ten and TC's. Final top 10, plus some honorable mentions for this podcast, everybody. There we go. <laughs> and what a journey that was. I don't want it to end, Man. Jeff. We still have more questions. We can keep talking. TC, TC, I think we do need to wrap it up soon. But you know what? There oh. is a question that I do have for you. Okay. Of all the movies that we... No, <laughs> no wait, wrong way. We already did that. <laughs> wrong way. Sorry, we already did that. Dang it. That should have been the segue, TC. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, that really should have been the segue. <laughs> <laughs> no, so TC, there was one thing that I know that uh, we have been making comments and talking mm-hmm. about for a little while. Um, oh, we are throughout... past two hours. I just looked at the time. <laughs> we are we are past two hours, and we're okay. going to keep this short. We're going to keep this next section a little okay. shorter. Okay. Um, but we do need to talk about it, TC. Yes. We have been joking for a long time, and as many of our listeners know, we've been joking about the fact that certain movies feel like they are connected in certain universes, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, TC uh, TC did the TC went full a beautiful mind on this. Uh, <laughs> I helped and I contributed, but TC pretty much took the reins on it. TC, tell them what you did. All right. So I sat down and I tried to link all these movies. So it's something we've been discussing, as Jeff just mentioned, for quite some time now. And there were some easy ones because obviously Frozen and Tangled are connected, but. This was not an easy task, but I managed to, with just a few, just four exceptions, I was able to, to link all these universes at least to one other film, or all these movies <laughs> to at least one, okay, which, which created some different, it created a multiverse. So uh, it was suggested at one point, and I believe I, I came up with this on one of the bonus episodes, that there should be a Rick and Morty style Arthur and Merlin show where they travel from world (laughs) to world. And I think that they would have the multiverse to play in uh, all of time and space in the Disney canon, uh, specifically from these 56 films. And you could always go on and include in in other Disney realms. But for now, here's what I figured out, Jeff. Full beautiful mind. Okay. First off, the ones I couldn't couldn't link that I would love to see if anyone could could figure out a way for. Uh, Melody Time, uh, one of the package films. Fun and fancy mm-hmm. free, I couldn't connect. However, Bongo could potentially be part of Dumbo, uh, Dumbo's circus, and just just saying, and and Donald from uh, Mickey and the Beanstalk could be the Donald in Fantasia two thousand and 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 another universe. 
uh, melody time, fun and fancy free, and make my music. I couldn't figure out a way to link those three. Other than that, here we go. <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so first up, we have the real world. We determined this real world in our Lilo and Stitch episode, uh, or potentially the Treasure Planet episode. Um, uh, no, it was Treasure Planet. We linked. We figured this out Treasure in the Treasure Planet, Planet yeah, yep. episode. So yep, the real yep. world, which exists in our world, consists of Dinosaur, Dumbo, Alice in Wonderland, Win- The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Treasure Planet, Lilo and Stitch, Mulan, and Ichabod and Mr. Uh, just Ichabod, the Sleepy Hollow right. section, okay? So right. Dumbo is and Mulan are real movies in Lilo's world because Lilo has a Dumbo doll and a poster for Mulan. Alice right. and Christopher Robin are two just imaginative little kids who just imagined their little fantasy role with their friends. Uh, Christopher Robin certainly had a better universe in terms of nice... <laughs> <laughs> right, because Alice, because Alice just falls asleep. So yeah. all that crazy stuff that she saw was just in her dream. Yeah, <laughs> she's just she's 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 tripping basically. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dumbo could also exist. Dumbo Circus could also exist as a real circus in this world. Mulan, mm-hmm. it, it could be historically accurate, right? Uh, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow is the true story of Ichabod, and uh, Treasure Planet is connected through Lilo and Stitch in that there's a Stitch doll in Jim's room. And we decided that uh, that Jim Hawkins and Montresor and all that exist in another universe, not on Earth. That's why they that's why they looked weird, Jeff. <laughs> so I'm calling that the real world universe. Real world, got yeah. it. All right. So next up, the Amigoverse. <laughs> hmm, I wonder what these movies yeah. are consisting of. <laughs> Three Caballeros, Saludos Amigos, and Fantasia 2000 section where Donald is on Noah's Ark, which means that Donald in the Noah's Ark section is the ancestor of the modern Donald that we see with his friends in Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros. Clever. Clever. Yes, there you go. I like the Amigoverse. Next, the Animalverse. Now, I was thinking about this in the Merlin and Arthur uh, TV series that would travel through all these. When they visit the Animalverse, every time they go to one of these, they become an animal so that they aren't just humans walking around. And this includes okay. Robin Hood, Chicken Little, and Zootopia. And okay. we've we've discussed this at length. That it's just Yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the only thing Arthur and Merlin will figure out is why there's no fish or birds in Zootopia. But I think your idea that it's an island separated is, uh, is pretty good. I do feel like that's the best bet. I think it's just a separate island from the rest yeah. of the world. That's all. Okay. <laughs> Universe number four, the Rodentverse. And this is Ooh. the Rescuers, the Rescuers Down Under, the Great Mouse Detective, and Mr. Toad. In, yes, in the Mr. Rodent. Toad from yes, yes from from the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, the Mr. Toad section. Go ahead. Which I had originally questioned if that was not part of the uh, of another universe yeah. solely because I could, did not remember that there were humans there in that humans. universe. So in the Rodentverse, and, animals can communicate with one another and communicate with humans. So, for example, yes. Lady and the Tramp, that rat's a rat. Those dogs can't talk to the humans. They are animals. But right. in the Rodentverse, the Great Mouse Detective, Rescuers, Rescuers Down Under, and Mr. Toad, these are animals that can create specifically Rodentia and Salamandra, uh, an amphibian talking to humans. One could argue this belongs to the the big the big old next universe, which is the Prime Universe. Okay, this covers twenty nine films in this library. So Jeff, just so we're not here for another hour, this is what I'm gonna do. 
I'm going to start with one and link it to another and link it to another. Okay? So for those of you playing at home, if you want to pause right now and bring up a checklist of the movie library, now would be your chance. (laughs) And we will bingo sheet this. And Jeff, we shall bingo sheet this. Feel feel free to interrupt me if you want to chime in, but here we go. Strap in. <clears throat> Pinocchio is connected to Tangled. There's a Pinocchio doll in the Snuggly Duckling. It's not Pinocchio himself. Jeff and I have determined that Geppetto just carved more of those dolls, and they happen to get yep. one. Tangled is connected to Frozen, very obviously, because Rapunzel and Flynn are at the coronation day. Frozen is connected yep. to Moana because Sven makes a cameo when Maui is switching between animals. Moana is also connected to Brother Bear and Pocahontas because of spirit animals and spirit grandmothers. <laughs> so Brother Bear has grand, uh, has uh, Sitka, uh, Moana has Grandmother Tala, uh, Pocahontas has Grandmother Willow, and there's all non-talking animals in Moana, Brother Bear, and Pocahontas. And speaking of spirits, the spirit of spring is connected to Bambi to Fantasia 2000 because we decided that the Great Prince, the role that Bambi inherits from the Great Prince of the Forest, is the protector of the Spirit of Spring, which is in Fantasia 2000, which links back to Moana, because we've decided that Tafiti is the Spirit of Spring that we see at Mount St. Helen much later in history in the Great American Northwest. Moana also connects to Aladdin through the lamp on the back of Genie's <laughs> former master, as Jeff has deduced, uh, yep. t- Tamati. Uh, no, no, that's not right. Uh, uh, Tomatillo. Tomatillo. Yeah. And speaking of the carpet, he gets around because Aladdin is connected to Fantasia and Hercules because the magic carpet ride sends uh, Aladdin and Jasmine through uh, the the centaurs and the Greek gods area of of uh, Hercules. Hercules. Right? Yep. Uh, we see the yep. carpet go by. Right? And that means Hercules is connected to Fantasia. Fantasia through the gods and centaurs. Everybody still with me here? <coughs> I'm losing my voice. I'm going to keep going. You're going to love this keep one. Going, You're going to love this one. Hercules is connected to the emperor's new groove. How, you might ask? The killing potion Ooh. that Yzma uses is the exact same color and the exact same vial as the vial and potion that Hades gives to pain and panic to kill Hercules with. <laughs> same killing potion. All right. Hercules is connected to the Lion King because of Scar's pelt. Okay, yep. Lion King is connected to the Hunchback of Notre Dame because Pumbaa is a grotesque on the on the Notre Dame Cathedral. Yep. Hunchback is connected to Aladdin because Carpet makes a cameo <laughs> as being hung <laughs> over a ledge. Oh boy. Hunchback is connected to Beauty and the Beast because Belle also makes a cameo. She's walking underneath that carpet. Yep. <laughs> and that carpet also makes an appearance in Princess and the Frog. That carpet has been handed down through generations and generations of people. Oh, <clears throat> It looks good for its age. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's because it's magic. Beauty and the Beast yeah. is connected, because Belle was in Hunchback and Notre Dame. Beauty and the Beast is connected to Tarzan because Jane Potter has inherited Mrs. Potts and Chip. Okay? Now, Jeff, Jeff, <laughs> we do not subscribe <laughs> to the Tarzan Frozen connection. That's just ridiculous. The time periods don't line up. However, Frozen True. is connected to Little Mermaid because of that sunken ship. Little Mermaid is connected to Hercules because Titan is a Greek god. Triton is a Greek god. Little Mermaid <laughs> is connected to Aladdin because Genie cameos Sebastian when he's trying to figure out how to make uh, Aladdin into a prince. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Guess what? Little Mermaid is connected to Cinderella because the king and the Grand Duke are at the wedding. 
And now we're going to crack this one open because this actually okay. combined in a universe that I thought was separate. Cinderella has speaking animals who cannot speak to humans. All right? And by that speaking logic, the other films in the universe with the exact same rules are Lady and the Tramp, 101 Dalmatians, Oliver and Company, The Fox and the Hound, The Aristocats, Home on the Range, and The Jungle Book. Mowgli was raised by wolves. He speaks wolf. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> He speaks wolf in the sense of like like what we discussed. I know I tried not, not not to interrupt your uh, your train of thought, but he speaks wolf because I just want to clarify. He speaks wolf in the in the way that certain movies like uh, Hunt for Red October they're supposed to be speaking Russian the entire time. But we are right. I gotta bust out that reference. Yeah. But we hear them speaking English just because it's easier than listening to subtitles. Because you never see Mowgli actually speak to a human. Mm-hmm. He, you see him with a human, but you never see him speak to one. There's right. a difference. Exactly. We don't know that when he walked into that village that he just didn't mumble and groan like, the entire Arr. time. <laughs> yeah, we don't know that. But so with, continue, that, with that animal speaking to humans logic, that also goes to Bolt. And Bolt connects to Big Hero 6 through the pigeons and that the woman at the animal shelter is on the wall of the police station in Big Hero 6. Big Hero 6 yes. has Wreck-It Ralph as a video game, both on Hero's computer and in the background of one of the city shots. We're almost there, folks. Believe me. Big Hero 6, <laughs> we decided, is connected to Meet the Robinsons because those are the only two movies that have portal tech that travel through time and dimension. Mm-hmm. All right, so Meet the Robinsons has time travel through portals. Big Hero 6 has yes. a portal that freezes uh, a woman through time. Big Hero 6 is connected back to Frozen because Fred is a descendant of Hans based on the statue at the mansion. And finally, Jeff, this was a, a very exciting one for me. Frozen is connected to Atlantis, one of the movies I could not connect to anything because they both have magically powered crystals. And that is 29 linked films. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. We TC is the source for this universe connection. Okay. So in six months, when you see these videos online showcasing like how somebody came up with this, <sighs> and we don't know who did it. Yeah. It was here. I'm, it was TC. And it was maybe like like a handful of me going, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds right. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> oh boy, uh, there is TC one... good work. Thank sir. you. There there is a final sub universe that that I have three world breakers that break this whole list. But ah, the, the last little okay. universe here contains Black Cauldron, Sleeping Beauty, Peter Pan, Sword in the Stone, and Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And I'm calling this the Dark Magic Universe. Now, this could be part of the Prime Universe as animals can't speak to humans, but they also do not speak to each other. In the movies mm-hmm. I just listed, in the Dark Universe, no animal speaks words to another animal. Okay? Uh, Snow's animal friends, the squirrels in uh, Sword in the Stone, except you know Arthur and Merlin, but that's magic. Uh, the animals, friends of Aurora, Henwin doesn't speak. None of these animals speaks. Sleeping Beauty, Black Cauldron, and Peter Pan all have fairies. And the dark, evil, green magic that we see in many of these Disney movies is very specifically used by Maleficent, the Horn King, Snow White, and Mad Madam Mim. Now, Dr. Facilier and Ursula also use dark green magic, so that potentially could link it. Um, here are the world breakers, Jeff. <laughs> okay, okay. There's, there's mermaids in Peter Pan. So right. could that link Peter Pan to the Prime Universe? All right. Secondly, Honest John and Gideon and Pinocchio are two fully clothed, sentient, walking, talking cats. That does not exist anywhere else in this library. 
Right. And finally, <laughs> Sebastian speaks to Eric. Ariel. Her name is Ariel. That could be because he is the the sidekick to a literal god that gives him that ability. But other than that, there you go, everyone. The six universes of the Disney multiverse. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> TC, was it worth it? Was it no, all worth it? I, I honestly don't think that was worth it. <laughs> the amount of time you know I put what? into that is just ridiculous. <laughs> but you know what the thing is, is that we've been talking about it for so long, and it's mm-hmm. so cool that... That, and obviously, this is all this is all uh, it's all just fun fan theory. It's just as much as like the Pixar theory about how all the Pixar movies yeah. are connected. It's just fun, but it's really fascinating. And once once you started once you kept asking me questions, and I was thinking about it, you know, like does would this connect and this connect? It was so fun to go. Wow, there was more connections than I thought. You know that there were a lot of similar trends, not tropes, but things like yeah. like certain movies the animals could talk to one another, but not humans. That was fun to to. <laughs> To realize that and I, I i had a blast just listening and kind of like following along thank with where you, you were going thank it, you it was for a indulging lot that uh, that might be worth a playback with set to music at some point and there's there's certain <laughs> things i disregarded yes bambi's mom shows up multiple times and and we even discuss who could she have been killed by but yep. it's just she shows up in so many different time periods it's just another deer and i also take yeah. that into account that lady and pongo show up in oliver and company but that's different time periods and different continents. So I took that out. Mm-hmm. Of dogs look like dogs. Come on now. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, th- thank you for indulging me in that. I hope everyone found a little bit of thrill in how I was able to do that. <laughs> and any any ideas that you guys might have. <laughs> we love talking to you guys. Please, please do. Well, TC, I mean. This is, this is it. I think this is it. I know you, we can obviously tell that we've been trying to hold this episode out as long mm-hmm. as we possibly can. We're almost at two and a half hours. We do need to end it yeah. at some point. And good, I feel like, time. <laughs> TC, I, you know, I just, I want to say real quick before we do finalize, finish this episode, that I want to, I want to thank everybody. Like, I want to thank all of the listeners of the show for the last year and a half. Um, I want to thank everybody who commented on the Facebook posts that TC responded to. Uh, I wanted to thank, <laughs> I wanted to thank all the people who tweeted at us. Um, we got to meet some very new cool people that like we had never, we wouldn't have known otherwise if it hadn't been for the show. And it's, it, it means a lot to, to me. I don't want to speak for TC, but I feel like I can kind of speak for both of us when I say that it means a lot that you that a lot of you listen for so long even you know some of our newer listeners who just found us a couple of months ago um that haven't been listening from the beginning but this this particular podcast brought in a lot of brand new people and a lot of new followers and a lot of new conversations that we got to have and just a lot more fun than I would have ever imagined we would have had when we started with Snow White you know back in back in January of 2017 it was it was definitely an adventure. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was fun. And I, yeah, thank you guys, honestly, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for sticking with us and putting up with all of our ridiculousness uh, throughout this entire time. <laughs> TC, is there anything else you want to say before we, yeah, we wrap and, things and, up? And you know, I'm going to be more long-winded than you. But <laughs> first off, yeah, I, I know a special thanks to Candace who supplied my equipment that I record to. Uh, so a special thanks to her for. Uh, both giving me the equipment to record with and putting up with sometimes sitting in the room listening to just one end of a conversation. So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, I, I will say this. If you want to have a little more Jeff in your life, 
go Ooh, back and listen to the original Top Shelf, the AFI 100. Uh, there's 100 oh. episodes there for you to listen to. And and yes, if you want to hear more of me, you can listen to the rewatchment as well. But uh, I, I want to thank you, Jeff. Um, I don't really remember what necessarily led to this other than you saying you wish you you had another podcast to do or that you missed the AFI and and for indulging me in suggesting this and, and taking this I want to thank you for for doing this with me <laughs> well in all fairness DC I want to thank you for really being the backbone of the show because <laughs> <laughs> I'm well aware I sit here and kind of go yep uh-huh and then laugh at most of the things you say or because you're just you're so much you're so much better at words ah. than I am, uh, but I do want to thank you for for being here, for doing this with me, and for you know yeah for suggesting this as as a as a topic. I didn't even think about doing mm. this, and it's and now fifty six fifty seven episodes later, or sixty I guess with your bonus ones, <laughs> were were it's it it was such a no brainer. Yeah. You know I guess where like in hindsight I'm like oh yeah of course. A Disney podcast. Why wouldn't we? This and I'm I'm glad that I took this journey with you because I don't think there would have been anybody else that I would have rather have done oh, this with. Thanks, man. I'm trying to thank You're you welcome, over here. Sir. You you gave me a place to talk <laughs> about to the punch. You gave me a place to talk about the three three of the things that I love. I love cartoons. <laughs> I love Disney, and I love movies. Disney means so much to me. Uh, my career goals growing up were to to work for Disney, and at the very least, I get to talk about it now. Film criticism and movie conversation, that that means so much to me, too. Movies are an escape for me. As I said before, I love the way the best movies can engage me and suck me in, allow me for just a short time to just exist somewhere else, whether it's a fairy tale or an arcade game once or once upon a time. And and while while so many movies do that, there's no sweeter place to vanish into than this library of movies. And, and maybe maybe it's the innocence that I feel being a kid again. Maybe it's the alchemy that made these movies so captivating. But I love these films, and I love how they make me feel. And and we we Jeff, you and I, we we've just watched our way through the history of Walt Disney's vision, and yeah. the, and the vision of of countless other people. For we've watched American and world history reflected in the characters and the subtext and the contents of these cute little cartoons and and anyone who watched these movies anyone anyone can watch these movies and a good portion of of how they are made is dedicated to 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 helping you enjoy in whatever extent you desire it's 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 just been an absolute pleasure to watch these movies with you jeff and and this selection this specific selection of the disney universe is is well worth the time we took to watch and and talk about it and whether or not they're connected <laughs> i would like to think that i would like i want to suggest that the whole of this library that we just watched and pixar and don bluth and and the animated movies that mean so much is a journey of connected stories through through 80 years of this blip of our lives and and our existence all of us <laughs> at least those who have joined us on this podcast adventure can like mm -hmm. can likely chronicle their lives using these films and 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 that's worth taking a moment to to pause and, and 
our movie conversation and appreciates it to appreciate that watching and talking about these movies is a way for us to understand ourselves and escape and cope and sing along or cry or or just smile and uh, I, I know I'm I'm getting a little uh, uh, sentimental here but some some of you listening have been with us for all 56 movies and mm-hmm. and you've been strolling right along with us on this <laughs> this silly path and and the regulars who chimed in uh, Thomas, Wyatt, Scarlett, uh, Brad, <laughs> Natasha, Jordan, David, uh, Dig, Christy, Schulze, uh, anyone I'm forgetting, thank you uh, for, for being a part of this. And, and your, your company in this has been utterly wonderful. Utterly wonderful. And, and you've made the bad movies better, and our favorites, <laughs> you've given our favorites validation, <laughs> our opinions validation sometimes. And, uh, you know, some of some of you, like just said, you just jumped on board and while uh, for a little while, and you listened for a little bit and caught your interest, and, and thank you for listening as well. And and I think I speak for Jeff when I say I hope you all have enjoyed the conversation and the jokes and the <laughs> several tangents and <laughs> the love of these what movies. tangents? What are you talking about? <laughs> and thank you, know you. tangent ever. And Jeff, thank you for for letting me be a part of this. Thank you, TC. Yeah. And I'm gonna miss doing this. This has been, this is just as sad as when we ended the AFI yeah. podcast. Because oh. for Lindsay and I, that was that was, you know, that was that was over three years of our lives. Like mm-hmm. every single week, we got together and watched a movie, or at least every other yeah. every other week. And it's always sad when something like that that you've been doing for so long has to come to an end. And, yeah. and, and here we that's, are. And here we are, and this is it. And you can tell we're just we're, we're milking this ending just to make it, <laughs> well, not, not to make it a certain length, but just we don't yeah. want it to end. And we, it's there's a finite thing. I, uh, I but, will say that, um, you know, Jeff, I was, yes, I was thinking, I think <laughs> that we could find a new journey, and I think that there are other movie conversations that we could have. And even though we've reached the end of this collection of movies, Jeff, I, uh-huh. I, th- I think there's more movies that we could discuss. You know, TC, I, I think, I think you're right. And you oh, know what? Yeah. I, should we, should we get back together again? Should we do it? We should do this again. I think we should, yeah. I think we should get back together and do it again. You know what? But, uh, what that will be. Yeah. I guess we'll have, we'll to, have wait to wait and see. And see. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. TC, you know what that means. That, Thank you very much for being here. Yeah. And you go ahead and do this that sign off. This has been us. a podcast. We have been the people you've been listening to. And this, this isn't our last sign off. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs> see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Uh, you, you knew what. Goodbye. Uh, thank Goodbye. you, everybody. Goodbye, now. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Enjoy your break. We'll be back again. We're just doing voices. I feel like I should just do a Disney sign-off. Face-off. This this isn't a sign-off. This is a (laughs) fade-out. This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. I like the ending.